Driving that coach. 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 Welcome to another edition of Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. And I'm AJ. And as you, in, case, in case you folks haven't noticed, we got some uh, guests this evening. Uh, mainly because of the fact the subject matter that we got tonight is going to be pretty damn dope. Uh, actually, ever since me and AJ started this podcast, this has been one of the subjects that we've most wanted to get into. And it's, it just seems appropriate now. And we really got shit else to do. So <laughs> we're going to yeah, we're gonna get deeper to the Monday Night Wars, but let's first let's go ahead and uh, introduce everybody. So let's go out of here. All right, so Lobo, you go first. Oh, it's Rev Lobo. Uh, yo, good, good friend of AJ. Just this, this got introduced to the Bells of First kind of recently, and I'm glad to be part of it. I do the uh, Monday Night Raw and NXT after shows over at uh, After Bus TV. Okay, cool. Uh, Tyler. Yo, Tyler Fleming out of L.A., been knowing J.D. And, and A.J. for a while from the Cigar Shop, been watching shit, WWF, WWE, all of that since, since the 80s. That's what's up. And Laren. What's up, what's up, what's up? My name is Laren. I've uh, known J.D. for about, I think, about two years now at this point um, yeah. since I've been with, uh, we, we are cast members of TMI Hollywood, uh, the greatest show uh, ever in the history of anything possible, imaginable. Uh, what else? Oh God, wrestling! Don't get me started. I'm 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 the mark of all marks, and I know marks aren't supposed to call themselves marks, but whatever. I'm a mark. We're all proud marks. So anyway, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, so let's go, let's go ahead and jump into our uh, segments now. The first segment that we have on the show is a uh, Seven Degrees of Eddie Murphy. Now, I've actually done this with Tyler at the cigar shop, and AJ has been witness to it too. So what I like to do is basically I do a game where I do it's pretty much a variation of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I just do it with Eddie Murphy. And I can connect any major major American film star uh, off of should just uh, off the top of my head. You know what I'm saying? Like freaking no looking up. If I have to look it up, I will acknowledge it, but I'm trying to do it off of sheer memory. So <laughs> AJ has three names for me tonight. So what's the first one? Start easy. Paul Giamatti. Actually, it's super easy. Okay. All right, so Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah, super easy. Paul Giamatti was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was in Dream Girls with Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. He was, he was the fucking rhino. He was a bullshit rhino, but he was the rhino. Yeah. I am the rhino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the rhino, yeah. All right, so that's one. Two, AJ. Uma Thurman. Mm. Oh, that was super easy. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go this way. All right. Uh, Uma Thurman was in Kill Bill 1 with Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox was in uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love with Leela Rashawn. Leela Rashawn was in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Oh. Now, got a now for the okay. top and, and difficult one for the evening, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. All right. Who? Hulk Hogan. That's super easy right there. Hulk Hogan was in Rocky 3 with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone was in Rocky 4 with Brigitte Nielsen. Brigitte Nielsen was in Beverly Hills Cop 2 with Eddie Murphy. You know I wasn't going to pull out Mandy Moore for a Reaching. Reaching. 
Reaching. Yeah. But, no, no, I actually, the motherfucker actually got me with Mandy Moore. I'm like, who the fuck watches Mandy Moore? Uh, <laughs> hey, A Walk yeah. to Remember was a great movie. That 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 that? Hey, uh, it, was, it was a great movie. Time. That's the only movie I knew she was in. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. it right? who, the fuck, who the fuck watches A Walk to Remember? Uh, nobody. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. So, Guys that are on dates. It, it took me a while. Oh, yeah. And the, and the last one, you uh, you got me. I was, it was a fucking... Uh, it was Audrey Hepper. Yeah, it was one of them. Got it. I, I eventually got it, but I had to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, but that was our three for the night. So, we got our three for the night. So, it was Paul Giamatti, uh, <laughs> Uma Thurman, and Hulk Hogan. Yes, sir. Alright, let's move on to our next segment. I think they're going to really enjoy this one for you guys. Um, <laughs> WWBS, what would Busey say? <laughs> what would that again? What would Busey say? So, basically, I do an improvised rant as Gary Busey. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, oh, wow, that's, that's funny. Yeah. And AJ actually gives me the subject matter. So AJ, what's our subject tonight? Man? Well, again, we're going to stay topical. I would love to know Gary Busey's thoughts, feelings, just his instincts regarding the macho man himself, Randy Savage. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the macho man, Randy Savage. For one thing, the motherfucker stole my gimmick. I'm all about Macho Man. I am savage. I am madness. I am fucking fear incarnate, man. You don't understand the madness that goes in my goddamn mind. Who, who, do you know anybody else that knows seven different ways to take over the world? I don't. Just me. Do you know anybody else that beats fucking women on a daily basis and then goes back, gives them a fucking candy bar or some bullshit like that, and they still love me anyway? Just me. Just me, man. <laughs> anyway, motherfucker actually stole my clothes, too, man. I used to wear robes. They were fucking nuts, bro. Motherfucker, you know, long and freaking they had, like, feather boas. <laughs> I used to wear that shit around set, man. But apparently I was a distraction. It was some bullshit. <laughs> I actually wore it to the set of Lethal Weapon. Milk gives <laughs> up. Fucking dope, man. <sighs> Tiger blood. How's that? Disturbing than usual. <laughs> I honestly never put those two together. They yeah. are the same person. Yeah. I was and concerned for a bit too. Yeah. The cream of the crop. You know, it's funny. That's actually very wrestling yeah. related too. Because I don't know if you guys remember on the WWE Network when it first started, they had Legends House. Yeah. And Gary oh, yeah. was a guest on the very first season of Legends House. He showed sure the fuck was. He, he was ranting and. and and who was it? Was like uh, it was Gene Okerlund and all these old legends. And they were like, "What the yeah. fuck are you talking about, bro?" Like, and <laughs> just just considering the shit they listen to, they're like, "What the fuck are right? you talking about?" It was some, it was some off the wall shit. Yeah, I, I would. I forgot like, about that. Yeah, Gary Busey was. Remember that? Yeah, I, I, I do now. I was concerned for a minute that we were going to find out they're actually the same person, not that. Nah. He <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he not. He ripped off. He ripped off Busey, man. Yeah. Gary Busey coming off the top rope of the house with the elbow. That's right. <laughs> I have no problem seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All this time, I thought Jake Busey was his brother. That's his son, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Son, yeah, yeah. I thought it was his younger brother. He looks that age? I don't know. I shit. Somebody I, let Gary I hit that. I just, 
I was doing a stand-up show and they were like, I did a bit about Gary Busey and I made a joke and it went and went it went fell flat, of course, because I referenced him being his brother and motherfuckers was like, nah, son, that's that's his son, bro. You ain't seen Shasta McNasty? I mean Jake was on that one. Yeah, that's right. I am, listen, I I embarrassed the, the shit out of myself on stage. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, man, U- UPN. <laughs> Dude, I ain't heard that name in so fucking long. Shasta McNasty, yeah. bro. That's the shit right there. It's like saying, like, uh, I'm watching the episode of Herman's Head. <laughs> Herman's Head. Oh, wow. Fox, I remember that, yeah. Good Before God. Inside Out, there was Herman's Head. Yeah, Herman's Head. <laughs> La Femme Nikita. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. It came to come on after <laughs> Raw. This was talking about USA Pacific yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That the USA, man. The USA oh. shows. What's the other Popcorn. shit? Oh, no, what's the other shit? Uh, Silk Stockings. Silk Stockings. Silk Stockings on one. Royal Pains. Popcorn porn. We're all showing our age right we now. We old, yeah. I said we old as hell. I want all you motherfuckers to know we are showing our age right now. <laughs> this, is my, this is me and my boys' podcast. Like, I give a fuck. Facts, facts, facts. All right, all right. This, all right. We'll get one more segment, then we'll get into it. This last one is actually a new one. Like I said, I told Tyler about it. I don't, I don't fucking turn Larry or Bobo about it. But we got a new segment on the show. AJ is really for this. Uh, last week we did a show full on about James Bond, and during that show, I kept mentioning uh, Roger Moore. Uh, late Roger Moore did the fucking commentary for his Bond movies on the uh, DVD set. He was drunk as shit. <laughs> I always found that impression to be just, like, just that that voice is so fucking funny. But it's not so much a commentary. It's one side of the conversation. I cannot talk to you. And you cannot talk to me. So do as I am doing right now. Kick off your shoes and have a glass of <laughs> so I'm gonna do that, but add a little flavor to it. So we're gonna do we're introducing a new segment right now, ladies and gentlemen. Roger reads rap. So oh, Roger Moore is gonna be reading a <laughs> the lyrics of a rap song. Oh dang! God. All right, let me get into it. I hope there's a DMX song somewhere in there. Good evening. I am Sir Roger Moore. For tonight's selection, I will be sipping from the uh, rap genre, as it were. I usually read sonnets about Shakespeare, but I decided to change it up for the children. So tonight's selection, we'll be getting into a classic of the genre, Baby Got Back by Sir (laughs) Mix-a-Lot. First one. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. So when a girl walks in with a nitty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough cause you notice the butt is stuffed. Deep in a jean she's wearing, I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh baby, I want to get with you cause your pants don't fit you. My hook boys tried to warn me, but that butt you got me, me so Ooh, rumple smooth skin, you say you want to get in my bins. 
Well, use me, use me, because you ain't the average group. I see them dancing to hell with romancing. She's sweat, wet, got it going like a turbo vet. I'm tired of magazines saying flat butts are the thing, taking the average black man and asking that. She's got to pack much back. So, fellas, yeah, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Has your girlfriend got the butt? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And definitely, sir. Shake it. <laughs> Shake that healthy butt. There we go. As the only guy I know, I'll get less ass being a rapper. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, face time. with an Oakland booty. <laughs> the whole time you was reading that, I was thinking of the living color version. Baby got oh, yeah, uh, yeah. LA face with a big old ass. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that Jamie Foxx? Oh, yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Trail mix a lot. Baby yeah. got snacks. That's what it is. <laughs> so, your girlfriend eats a salad looking like bones. She had shit like a Lincoln. So, skinny, so skinny you can see what she's thinking. thinking. <laughs> 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 a girlfriend, you can dig. Give her some rub and give her a hug because ain't nothing wrong with being big. Baby got snacks. Oh, yeah, my baby. Lord. But so big, she back up and started like, like <laughs> thoughts I have that deep in my mind, man. Yeah. <laughs> LA face with the big old ass. Oh, ass. <laughs> I That's think that we will, AJ. I think that we will, don't you? I, I think so. I think that we've definitely come up with a new segment that needs repeating. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it again. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Oh, shit, that was good, that man. The first time, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we got one more and then we'll get to it. Like, uh, dropping that news, we ain't done it yet. Hmm. All right. So, uh, another segment we got on the show is dropping that news, and we'll do a little thing about entertainment news. Really ain't that much going on, but I do have one thing. So, uh, let me get to that. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot to do the intro to Seven Degrees of Eddie Murphy. Dude, I it, showed what happens. We get. Oh, we, you, they, they haven't heard it yet. That's right. Oh, everything. There's oh. an intro. There's an intro to Seven Degrees of Eddie Murphy. Wait, let's let's do it late, and then this way at least people still get to hear it. Okay, all right, do it right now. Okay. <laughs> that's usually the intro for seven degrees of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I thought you were going to play something, but that, that works. No, no, no. <laughs> Eddie Murphy lab, line, man. Do the Eddie Murphy layout to the tone of the Beverly Hills Cop thing. I, I, thought, I thought the intro was going to be you getting in the car and picking up a transvestite. Oh. 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 Sorry, sorry. Oh. Sorry. I'm her home, officer. I'm I thought home, right? Mason Murphy's like, Dad, where are you? Hey, I thought that, that was the intro. Hey, isn't our theater by that shit, though? It's on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. So. Uh. That's where it was, on Santa Monica Boulevard, where he yeah. picked up. Eddie yep. knew what he was doing. Eddie knew what he was yeah. doing. Well, well here in <laughs> West Hollywood, bro, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. say, since yeah. you guys are <laughs> over there, you can reenact anytime yeah. you want. Actually, <laughs> actually, funny enough, it wouldn't be a problem because there's still a lot of trans bystanders around them. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, man. Man. People yeah. locked in. Yeah. And, and the word might be worse. In the yeah. word of the trans character, Freaky yeah. Dickies need love, too. Freaky Dickies need love, too. <laughs> 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 right? That's true, man. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, yeah, some comedian said that's his biggest fear is like uh, getting, uh, oh, yeah, Corey Holcomb said, like, that's his biggest fear, getting proposition about swole sissy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Mousers. <laughs> and then uh, he'll be like in Atlanta or somewhere like that, and then all of a sudden some big ass dude come up with an ass dude. Me. Ew. That's a scary fucking talk. That's a scary. That's that scares me. That's frightening. That is. Oh yeah, okay, all right. Oh, but uh, yeah, let's get back to dropping that news. All right, we got to get into that. You good, AJ? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I had a feeling we were about to get in trouble right there. Yeah. As much as we want to run with that, boy, we just getting serious trouble. But right, let's get into dropping that news, though. All right, so uh. Dropping that news. Thank you. Uh, the really the only real big thing in terms of like entertainment news that I saw today, I think I posted on Dulcetverse Del- too. Apparently, the Academy is not just uh they're looking at movies that weren't released theatrically now for the Academy Awards because all the shit is going on with COVID nineteen. Nobody's going to the theater, so they just they're going other routes now to, to get some shit for the, for the Academy Awards. Only other people. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's pretty much all I got. I'd say the only other piece of uh, production news that uh, that's out there right now. So um, obviously, all the guilds, everyone's getting together with the producers, talking with the studios. Um, they're working on essentially what's going to be the, uh, the the new way of production, right? So in the past, you might have an eight eight episode season you're going to do. You might have to shoot in five countries, all that stuff. They're basically saying those days are in the past. Um, even stuff down to something as simple as craft services. Uh, at least for the foreseeable future. They're not going to be having open crafty. It's going to be box lunches. Everything's prepackaged, that sort of a thing. Try to kind of up the safety aspect for people as well as, um, you know, as they roll out antibody test, uh, testing, they're going to be doing antibody testing for the crew. And they're going to, it's, it's still a mess. Uh, everything we're seeing looks like production probably won't resume until September. So uh, everybody's going to keep waiting. So from the list of it, everybody's pretty much just adjusting to the new normal. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I agree it's bullshit, but yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I, mean, I, ain't doing, I ain't doing Marvel movies right now, so it ain't, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Um, it's a good time. That would be right. more of a concern for me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And yeah, and also I think the only thing is uh, they're going to be doing a new documentary on The Mandalorian that's coming out on the 4th. Yeah, that's all. Well, then you yeah. You did see that they have all that footage from Kobe's last season, right? So they're they're cutting that together. Oh, yeah. Documentary yeah. Them. So there's going to be like a swan song kind of a documentary coming out. Uh, so that's yeah. 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 Well needed. I'm well sure there'll needed. be a surviving, was it, surviving R. Kelly 3. I'm sure that's coming. Oh, Lord. good Lord. I, I know they're doing more of those. Lord. <laughs> they, should do survive, they should do surviving Gary Reese. Oh! <laughs> Oh, I'd buy that for a dollar. I'm kind of wondering how did these kids survive the parents during that time? Yeah. Right? yeah. They, they put them up basically to to get worked out by R. Kelly. Don't mm-hmm. understand that. Interesting choice of words. Worked out. Interesting choice of words. Worked out. Oh, that, that's, that, uh, that's what happened. 
Well, he was working. He was working. Wow. I mean, Tell on you. one of the on one of the songs, I believe it was Ghetto Queen. He was actually slapping his hands like, "Who's is this? Who's is this? Who's is this?" So I'm thinking, uh, yeah, maybe that chip was going down back in '99. Broke in the name of love. Yeah. I used to pump the shit out of that Chocolate Factory album. <laughs> I had that shit. The funniest, to me, the funniest uh, sex tape moment ever is from that original R. Kelly tape where he's like eating the chick's ass in the computer chair. And then like, <laughs> no, the funniest thing is he's doing, he's going deep into the ass and all this shit. Then I hit, you hear in the background, someone actually says his name. He's like jerking off as he does it. Kelly, huh? Damn. I will not claim that I saw that. Yeah, I didn't go that deep, man. I'm aware it exists. Well, I mean, oh, we had one scene with the, with the booty hole. It was crazy because I, you know, I don't know. The only thing I saw, the only thing I saw from that is when they showed that little clip on the news, and it looked like him. And I swear up and down, I saw a Grammy and a Soul Train Award in the background. Before I saw that. Oh wow. Oh, I mean, I, I watched okay. it. It was a long time ago. I haven't seen yeah, it. Right. You gonna like you, like you hear somebody famous doing a sex thing? You gonna watch it? I watched it. Yeah. Speaking I'm of involved kids. Yeah, yeah. No. Speaking of which, since we're on the subject, y'all ever see Sunny's fucking um sex thing? Uh, she, she farts during it. Who yeah, does? yeah. That's what's bad. Yeah, she oh, farts in it. Wow. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> I mean, she was full porn too. Nasty. Yeah, yeah. She, does. she did porn too. Oh. So she's in a lot of tapes. A lot of tapes. But yeah, she poops in the shit, man. Man, she really does. Oh. She really does. Yeah, man. She's doing her that hard. She was <laughs> you fuck the shit out of her. That's literally yeah. how you fuck the yeah. shit out. Of that is a dream right there. Fucking her so hard, she. Just shit everywhere. Just, oh, yeah. It was just really. That's crazy. the dream. That's the, I didn't know that was a dream. What? <laughs> I'm where do you think they came up with the shit out of her? I just yeah, want a good job playing. Yeah. I didn't know that was a dream. <laughs> it was, oh, that was like, yeah, and it was quick too, cause like it was like a little, like it is. <laughs> you know what? Too, they missed out. They missed out on a very clever way to title that. Like they should have filmed that in Philadelphia, and they could have called yeah. it "It's Always Sunny, always sunny. in Philadelphia." Yeah. <laughs> sunny. They had a way they could have cleverly titled that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was before the show was even out, though, when she did yeah, that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> As opposed to you know, a night in China. Sunny in Philadelphia. Always sunny. Oh yeah, one night in China. Yeah, yeah. Back door to China. Oh man, I saw that too. Yeah, I, saw that I, saw, I saw that She-Hulk shit. I saw that one too. As yeah. did I. I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. Uh, the the stop Queen of the Ring. The Queen of the Ring was really weird. So that one also. Uh, you should get four or five names dressed up. Yeah, uh, Ninja Oka. Yeah, yeah. Got dressed up as certain wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one, of them, one of them was Mean Gene Oakland. She got fucked by Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah, he was, the, he was wearing the skull cap and everything. It was all like, like, like loose and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was this? I missed it. Was called, it was this? called Queen, Queen of the Ring. Yeah, Queen of the Ring, that's the name. And, and, uh, and I guess it was like a public match, which she won, but then Gene Oakland was like, You're amazing. Ah, and it's awesome. <laughs> 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 yeah. I gotta look that up, dude. I gotta look that up online now. It's crazy. Is it on Pornhub? Uh, it was <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Was it sure it I have to look that 
Pretty sure it is. Let me tell you wow. something. Pornhub is like Netflix, man. They'll take stuff off. They put stuff on. It's real. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to check that out. That's crazy. Yeah. You, thought, you, you saw the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you saw what you doing, man. You got me. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. That's crazy. Wow. Oh, well, I, 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 okay, okay. We got to know that. Let's get into the meat and potatoes as well. Dropping that news took a weird turn, man. Yeah, but it was fun, though. <laughs> right? All right, minutes. Back up. All right, now we're going to get into the, like I said, the meat and potatoes of the shit. The Monday Night Wars. The, <laughs> the cable wars between uh, WWS Monday Night Raw and uh, WCW's Monday Nitro. Every Monday night from like, well, the, the good period itself was basically from like 95, 96 to really around like 2001. So they shut down, yeah. 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 Give or yeah. take. Give or take, yeah. Now, as far as uh, first thing we want to discuss is the debuts of both shows. Now, I remember where I was when both shows debuted. Monday Night Raw debuted on USA Network July 11, 1993 as a replacement for primetime wrestling. Uh, it was different for its time because of the fact that most of those wrestling shows back in the day were taped and in studios and shit, whereas Raw was shot live and also had a live audience and all that good stuff. And also it originated from the ballroom at the Manhattan Center in New York. And that was kind of like it's like basic command for a while. Uh, yeah. Like the better part of a year or two years or something like that. Yeah, it's always from the yeah. Manhattan Center. Yeah. Uh, at least two yeah. years. At least two years, yeah. And, uh, like I said, like it, it was different. It was the, like it became the new flagship show. The flagship show for the WWF before Monday Night Raw was a Saturday Night's main event. That was like sporadic. You know what I'm saying? So it's whatever. Uh, now, as far as Nitro goes, the first Nitro was broadcast from the Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on September 4th, 1995. Uh, it was actually a one-hour broadcast. It had matches like uh, Brian Pillman versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Flair versus Sting, and the main event was Hogan versus Big Bubba Rogers, Big Boss Man. Now, uh, on the first show of Nitro, I remember, like, uh, I remember exactly who I was when, I, when both shows did. Uh, Monday Night Raw was at my house. I was like in the third grade. Like, I was really excited about it. I remember seeing like Macho Man and what's the other dude, Rob Hartlett, like uh, and Vince, of course. Back when Vince was mainly known as just the commentator. That's all I ever knew him as. A kid. What a maneuver! What a maneuver. That's all he said. Oh, I meant from there. Ah, what a maneuver. And he, was, he always had to like a little stick or whatever, like, welcome to whatever. Or like, like it would start like the city, uh, the uh, venue, and then like the actual event. Welcome to the Grand Ballroom Manhattan Center. Welcome to New York City and welcome to Monday Night Raw. Hello again, everybody. I'm Vince McMahon. With me as always is, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage and Rob Bartlett or whoever the fuck they would have on there. And tonight, in singles competition, you know, they have, like, uh, what's some old teams? High Energy versus, uh, woo. Damn, right? That was Coco. Yeah. That was Coco Beware and Owen, right? Yeah. High Energy versus the Natural Disasters, you know, some shit like that. Or uh, Max Moon versus uh, Tia Hopper. Wow, that's not a match I want to see at all. An astronaut versus a plumber. Live on Monday oh, nights. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Uh, in a in a submission match, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. He's my guy. Nah, man, you can't be trashing on. The guy is so strong, had a day job, and still wrestling on weekends and Mondays. Come on. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Dumpster right. Was a horrible. 
He was a garbage man had a second job. I relate to that. (laughs) And so did the plumber. So did the plumber. Oh, yeah. Also, also in a last man standing match, Mantar versus... Was another bad one. I can't defend uh, Mantar. Nope, nope, nope. Who's a rock and roll dude? Uh, Rocket Rock Billy? Oh, Man, Man Mountain Rock. 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 Man Mountain Rock was just like fucking grunge. Rock again. Like Rad Rapper. Yeah. yeah. Rad Rapper up in that mountain. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. Or something like, what was it like? Uh, oh, God. What was his name? The hockey player. The goon. The Remember goon? the goon? Yeah. The goon, <laughs> yeah. goon yeah. versus... Sniper, sniper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agent, you remember a lot of this stuff, stuff, yeah. whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? They had the shitty getting games. Well, this was the other, was the, was the this, Gator dude. Oh, yeah. And this, Skinner. This is back in Skinner. The, Skinner. I said sniper. Skinner, yeah. Skinner, yeah. Skinner. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is back in the uh, um, the, the kind of comic booky superhero days where, like, everybody had to have, like, this weird backstory. And then, like, they were, they were coming out as a character, right? Like, the garbage man, the plumber, and that kind of a thing. Yeah. Back where Vince lost his damn mind. In fact, you know what I was trying to remember? I think it, I think it was with WWF back in the day, but um, the Volcano Kid. Was that WWF or WCW? Do you remember? Volcano you know. Kid sounds like a WCW thing. Okay. Yeah. Come on, you do the fire dancing and everything. Well, there was one dude that did fire, but that was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, not, remember for that sure. The Volcano Kid. I don't is that know Prince about I, that. Is that Prince Ikea? Because he had a Hawaiian gimmick that was similar. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to remember what the dude's actual name was. Part of the reason I remember him so much from when I was little was uh, he he was actually can't remember if he was friends or if they were actually related. But we there was a guy I I, uh, I knew from my church when I was growing up, and he took me to meet him one day. He was in Utah uh, when I was out there as a kid, and I was just like, oh my god, like looking at this mountain of a man who actually is you know professional wrestler and all that stuff. So I, that's why it always stuck with me. I just could never remember if it was WCW WWF because he was never like. Obviously, since we're trying to figure out how the hell to place him. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, so there actually was a volcano kid. Yeah, Hector yeah. Garza. Was that WWC? Was that WCW or WWF? I'm, look, I'm looking up his shit. Oh, right Hector now. Garza. Hector Garza. Yeah, he was with WCW. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hector Garza is okay. a legend for sure. For Hector sure. Garza. Yep. Hector Garza. Yeah. Hector Garza, volcano kid. What yeah. the hell would they? He's thinking? like he's Angel Garza's dad and like yeah. Humberto Carrillo's. Uncle, I think. Oh, that's right. That that's dude was right. a legend yeah, in Mexico. Yeah. What the hell were they thinking? Yeah, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and he he was in both of them. He was in WWE and WCW. But sure okay. Yeah, because I, yeah. I couldn't remember. Sure, like I said, I was like maybe eight years old when I met him, and I was just like, "Hey, yeah. check this out." A lot of wrestlers have said in shoot interviews. I think Undertaker, the one he just did with a Stone Cold, he said one of the worst things you could do was tell Vince McMahon that you had a nine to five job yeah. before he would sign you. Because that would be your gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I that was the worst things you could do was tell Vince you were a plumber at one time because that was going to be your gimmick. Or he, uh, well, I, I think Taker told him that he swung in the shower. That's right. that's so he thought he was going to be shower man or something. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. he thought he was going to be the thing that came out of the egg. He thought he was going to be the gobbledygook. Oh, he said the egg, egg man. That's what he thought he was going to be. The egg man. Egg man, right? Oh, no, because they had wow. that giant egg. It was, uh, it was stupid. The Survivor Series giant egg. Uh, they kept, they gobbledygooker kept this, thing. Yeah, it was a gobbledygooker. The gobbledygooker but they kept yeah. for months and months and months. Like, what's going to be in this egg or whatever? And then um, was, he thought it was going to be him. But kind of, kind of, kind of, for now, it was actually the gobbledygooker. We thought this was genius in the eighties. Yeah. Vince did. 
it worked. I don't know, but listen, you got as stupid as that was, you got to look at the logic. The logic from a business standpoint, Vince yeah. was very smart to do that because people waited and waited, and he knew the buy rates for that pay per view was going to be high. And all he had to do was say there was an egg that was going to hatch. That was very yeah. genius. Very yeah, genius. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people came and watched it, but the result was trash. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked. It worked though. From a business work. standpoint, I will get. I will give you that. It did work. All right. Now, uh, one thing that actually set out that was set off on the first Nitro that became kind of common. Well, kind of became common uh, throughout the whole Attitude Era. Defections. The very first defection. Lex Luger. Yeah. Lex Luger. Defected from the WWF to WCW. Appeared on the first Nitro. He was just on like WWE. A few weeks prior to showing up on Nitro, and didn't really mm-hmm. make his uh, leaving known. So when he showed up on Monday Nitro, the first episode, yeah, it was a shock. And uh, I lost whole, my shit watching that. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the whole get down was basically that they're trying to set the tone for WCW that anything can happen on WCW. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you gotta realize how big that was, man. When Hogan left WWF. They gave him the Hogan gimmick, the Lex Express, him taking this giant bus nation while he was running for president, body slamming Hokozuna, and it flopped. And then he shows up on WCW like, is the Lex Express coming too? Like, we didn't know what the hell was going on. I would have got over. That really would have got over. I, just the whole thing that messed it up was people just loved Bret Hart during that time too much. And if, yeah. Bret, if Bret wasn't around during that time, that Lex thing probably would have got over. But people was just riding with Bret too much. And that's yeah. why they, they were going to have them be in the, you know, they were going to, they had they were gonna have them win the Royal Rumble, and when they yeah. raised each other's hands, people were popping more for Brett. And Vince was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> hmm. yeah, what, what, it didn't also help that Lex Luger was not a Vince McMahon creation. He was already established in the NWA, yeah. you know, free WCW and all of that. He was already established. And as soon as you come to WWF, you know what you're going to have to deal with with Vince. He's gonna try and change you just like that. They changed the first time. Yeah, when he first came in there, he was the narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The narcissist. Lex Luger, which was like, okay, this could work. But (laughs) we already know him from being the total package Lex Luger from over there. That's right. His manager was, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy that passed. I can't think of, why I can't think of his name right now. Harley Race? No, uh, the commentator, the most famous, he just passed away not too long ago. Bobby Heenan? Bobby Heenan, Heenan, yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. He was his manager. He was his manager. Oh, that's right. Like the mouth for the narcissist, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. But yeah, like I said, they set the tone for all the defections. Like all the old golden age WWF people started migrating to WCW for, you know, uh, less time and better contracts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, we should go what? over what Billionaire Ted was paying, folks. Uh, billionaire Ted was paying some billionaire money, Ted money, money, money. Yes, sir. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Let me double check, but I wrote it down. So Hulk Hogan, in addition to like, and it was a two-picture deal he offered him. It was yeah, $2 yeah. Million plus 20 k a month to be seen wearing his NWO gear. And then mm-hmm. they had Berlin, which this is a huge mistake. Berlin was getting three ninety five a year. Mm-hmm. That's 395000 uh, and then uh, Tank Abbott was 650k, and everybody just laughed. Just now, what the Tank fuck? Abbott with a heart punch. Ah! <laughs> it's going Tank far Abbott. off 300. 
Well, mm-hmm. he worked every week. Disco actually worked every week. I'm not saying it's inflated, but at least you can say I see him in the ring. But Tank Abbott had a heart punch, and he danced yeah. with three count. That was it. <laughs> but is that worse than Man. the poke of doom? Uh, no, nothing worse than that. No, no, we're getting to that. No, 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 no. But this is the Kane Velasquez of his time, man. Tank Abbott, MMA <laughs> fighter, got paid that much money. <laughs> what? Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I know we're getting it, ahead a little bit, but yeah. that right there is one of the biggest problems that WCW had. They were bleeding cat, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that full on. Really, trust me. All right. But since you brought up the whole thing about pay and you know, people defecting because of that, that brings me to my next incident the curtain call. Ah. Yeah. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash leaving WWF. But Ryder Shores, supposedly, on WCW. Now, the first one to leave of the two was Scott. And Scott's deal was apparently around, like, yeah, because if you ever saw the documentary, I think it's Legends in Wrestling, when they did the whole thing about the NWO, apparently there was a term back in the day called sting money, where, like, uh, it's like $750,000. There were very few people that made more than sting in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, Kevin Nash asked Scott Hall what your deal is, and Scott Hall was like, overstaying money. Really? Wow. For how many days? Like, like, it was like, I think it's like 120 days as opposed to the 300-day schedule that they had with the WWE. And like, keep yeah. in mind, Scott, it, Scott Hall had something special in his contract, the Favorite Nations Clause, which and you're familiar with that, AJ. Like, freaking like, the Favorite Nations Clause states that if you bring me in for a certain amount of money, anybody that you bring in after me, and they and they end up making more money than me. You have to bump me up to that personal salary. So he immediately went after uh, Kevin Nash because he was also dissatisfied. And Kevin Nash was a former world champion. Scott Hall was just a former IC champion. It was like, dude, you come. You get, they got to pay me more because I got the favorite nation. So let's go. You know what I'm saying? Now they both actually apparently both went to Vince and said like, Hey man, we don't want to leave because we know it's shit now. And we've both been down there before because Scott Hall was down there down the stood and mm-hmm. fucking Kevin Nash was Oz and Vinny Vegas and all these horrible fucking gimmicks. <laughs> Oz is the stupidest shit ever, man. It really Gary, B- Vegas, G- Gary Busey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a Gary Busey gimmick? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, like, like he had the giant like roll. Stupid yeah. shit, yeah. Yeah, the stupid yeah. fucking face ass shit as Oz made no fucking sense. Uh, but yeah, he's like, uh, like they both like, hey, just fucking just match it and we'll stay. And this is like, good, I got the money. I ain't got Ted Turner's money, so they both left. Now the last actual event for WWE was on May 19, 1996, the last match before leaving. They had a uh, match in Madison Square Garden, which at the time was like the biggest Madison Square Garden gate that they had ever had. And uh, both of them were actually, you know, they were in their roles. Uh, uh, fucking the only person from the clique that was not there was Sean Walton, who was apparently in drug rehab at the time. Yeah, big surprise. Yeah. So at the t- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and that was so, a that was a that was a house show, right? That was a house show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That it last was. one was a house show. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time, Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall were both baby faces. They were both good guys. Yeah. And Kevin Nash and Hunter Hearst Helms and Triple H were both bad guys, and they all had a match. All all had their matches prior to that. And in the last match, they decided, you know what? Fuck it, I just want to say goodbye to my friends. Yeah. So they broke what was known as kayfabe, which is basically the mm-hmm. whole 
a little term for keeping the business of the wrestling business private. Not Staying public. in character. Yeah. Staying in character at all times. They broke that shit because they were all friends. You know what I'm saying? So they went to the ring, had a big hug and kiss, and then fucking, you know, raising their arms together because this is the last time they probably would be together. And that, yeah, yeah, did, did, yeah, did the click shit, you know what I'm saying, all that stuff. And then got on the four corners of the ring and, you know, did it saluting the fans and all that shit. Now, Vince McMahon is the one that actually approved this shit, but uh, once uh, they got back, he didn't, he didn't smarten the rest of the uh, crew up. Uh, and they were pissed. Livid. According to Jim Cornette, according to Jim Cornette, everybody wanted to stretch them. Everybody was throwing their bags down the hallway. Everybody was mad, yeah. Because they exposed the business. Yeah. They're not supposed to do that. Yeah, it really pissed a lot of people off. However, in the aftermath of that is that, you know what I'm saying, people started infusing more reality-based shit into wrestling because of the fact they, you know, say, fuck this shit, we're friends. We're not characters. We're like real people. And Vince McMahon at the time, he said like he hated the shit at the time, but he has since he said he learned from it and he adapted it and that would go on to like, you know, be used, uh, you know, breaking that, breaking that fourth wall would be used to the fucking nth degree in the attitude yeah. era is coming up yeah. here, man. Yeah. And the shitty thing about it, man, the only person, I'm sure you're probably going to get to this, the only person who suffered out of all that was, was, was Hunter. Yep. Because Sean was the champion. Yep. Hall and Nash were leaving. So they had to put the heat. They had to put the heat on Hunter. And remember, he he was supposed to win the King of the Ring that year. And yeah, he was supposed to win, but somebody else did. I'm gonna get to that a little later. We'll that, yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> Every minute, yeah. Right. Somebody else, somebody else won in his place and launched that motherfucker to the moon. So right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the current call happened, and then after that, let's go to our next section, the NWO. The porno music. Cue the porno music. <laughs> I think it was Jim Hart that actually came over with that shit. Yeah, yeah. That was dope, yeah. dude. Yeah, Jim I Hart actually Hart. lost my shit when I heard that in a porno. Really? <laughs> I lost my shit. Right? I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, this sounds familiar. Out. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, no, uh, Kevin Nash actually said it was public domain porn music, but Jimmy Hart's the one that found it and like used it for that. That was dope. That was a dope entrance, though. Yep, yeah. public domain porn music. It's called Rock House or something like that, right? Some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. They don't give them but, much yeah. credit, but the NWO is they had one of the greatest arena interests in like wrestling history as a faction. They don't really give them with the whole black and white and the way they would do the cinematography. That was actually really dope. They don't talk about that much. The following yeah. presentation is brought to you by the New World Order. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was New dope. Order. All right. Now let's go ahead and get into like how this shit kicked off. Now, first person of the uh, the new people to pop into WCW, Scott Hall, uh, busting on the fucking Memorial Day edition of ni- 1996 edition of Nitro, interrupting the match, uh, had no uniform on or without flubber. He'll jump back in. Okay, cool. All right, so, uh, yeah, uh, he interrupted a match. He's wearing, like, what, like a jean jacket and all this other shit? Like, uh, all, <laughs> all denim outfit. He sure was. Yeah, and then had, but still had all the characteristics of Razor Ramon in terms of, like, the look and, like, the whole toothpick. Which was the whole, yeah, that was the whole plan, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then he went up there, hey, hey, yo, you know who I am, but you don't. 
No, why? Uh, uh, um, right? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Like, uh, it was like, hey, man, all the, uh, where's a billionaire dead? Where's a ski? All the, those, oh, yeah, uh, we didn't mention this, AJ. Uh, WWF did a bunch of like skits mocking WCW. Yeah. The billionaire Ted skits. Yeah, the Huckster. The Nacho Man. The Nacho Man. I uh, was Scheme Gene. Gene. Yeah, I was about to say Scheme yeah. Gene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, hey, man, for all, like, who's, uh, where's that Sting, you know, that, uh, where's that Ken Doll wannabe? <laughs> hey, man. You want to go to war? You want a war? I'm going to get one. He just left out of there. And apparently it was, Larry, it was Larry Zabisco's idea for him to walk through the crowd as opposed to walk through the ramp. Because, like, you walk through the crowd, it's like he, he looks like he's invading. You ain't yeah. supposed to be there. You ain't supposed to be there. And he's like, what, what the hell? Like, I love Larry Zabisco's uh, reaction. What the hell? <laughs> What's with this? Yeah, I was extremely confused when I first saw Scott Hall walk in there. I'm like, wait, wait, WWF is invading WCW now? Okay, let's let's go with it. Yeah, let's, let's do this. I've been waiting forever for this. Yeah. Let's do it. But exactly, kids like us were waiting for this shit. When when was going to be the time where the WCW guys and the WWF guys were going to go? Yeah, it was now. Let's go now. Two weeks later, uh, his uh, his buddy uh, that he had been alluding to for like a couple weeks or whatever, his buddy showed up, and it actually interviewed with Eric Bischoff. He's like, "So where's your buddy? Huh? Where's he at? Right behind him, big Kevin Nash." So now waiting for the food. I love this little shit where he says like, uh, "This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective play." It's actually not. It's actually not. He did say that though. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. Play. Hey, Kevin, good lord. This is why they didn't give you the microphone in WWF that often. We ain't here to play. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody take the mic. But one thing he did say that actually did was actually true. The measuring stick just changed around here, and you're looking at it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, and it came. Yeah, and then they just kept showing up, and they kept alluding. Uh, hey, like, oh yeah, because they kept trying to get a uh, uh, match at a uh, fucking. One, I think it's Bash at the Beach. Bash at the so, Beach. Yeah, you bring your people like Bash me. At the beach, yeah, yeah. The, uh, me. The, I say the big man, medium sized man, and our other buddy. Like what? What other buddy? Like, yeah, like we got another buddy, man. And then uh, they didn't have no names, so it, uh, me and Gene Oakland's the one that named them the Outsiders. So they just kept showing up. And then actually, because uh, of because of fact they did show up, Eric Bischoff did a point blank thing on uh, one of the Nitros. We asked him point blank, "Are you working for the WWF?" Both were like, "No, no," because they had to because they were being sued by the WWF. And I saw yeah. a little bit of a lawsuit. It was some petty shit, bro. Like, yeah, being sued by Titan Sports because the fact that they were saying that these characters were infringing on this other shit, which is why they didn't, you know, have them, they didn't have names for a long time and shit. And apparently, Scott Hall said he kept he kept uh, Bischoff kept trying to name them shit that's close to Razor and Diesel. He's like, it, it, I think Scott Hall said like, uh, I think at one point he wanted to call me Razor. 
Like, dude. And, like, and then apparently it was DDP. Is like, dude, why why are you doing that? Like, they got cool names. Uh, Hall and Nash. Those are cool names. Just name them that. That's a real name. And that's what they went with. But come Bash of the Beach, 1996. The infamous heel turn. The infamous heel turn. So it's basically a team of the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting versus Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and their mysterious buddy. Hmm. Now, pretty much they go through the entire match. The buddy does not show up. And the commentators kept saying, like, where's the buddy? Where's the buddy? Where's he at? Like, oh, he's here. He's here. He's coming. Like, and then you pretty much have the whole entire match. Then miraculously, at the end, here comes Hulk Hogan. And the commentators are going nuts. Like, yeah, go get him, Holster. Yeah, who's yeah, bad now? But Bobby Heenan was the one that fucked it up. Like, but what side is he on? Like, what do, we, what do you mean? What's like? What's I don't know what it is with Bobby the Brain Heenan. He's always had a hard on for Hulk Hogan everywhere yeah. he was. And he said, I never trusted that dude. Never liked that yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he but he did kind of jump the gun because like, he's supposed to be coming in as a good guy and shit. But like, Hulk Hogan comes in there and rips off the shirt. No, like, yeah, yeah, what's up? The only person still in the ring was the Macho Man. He was like on the ground riding and yeah. shit. Got an ass woman. Yeah. And that day. I remember, I remember how hyped I was when this happened. Hulk Hogan hit that rope, hit the leg drop on that motherfucker. We're like, what? Higher no. than you. Yeah. Leg drop. Higher than you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he did get some height on that, didn't he? I ain't never seen him jump so high. Yeah, and the commentators were Shavon, Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rose, and Bobby Heenan. Bobby Brandon Heenan. Are you kidding me with that damn lifting shit? Hit the diamond. Hit the diamond. Are you kidding me? And, and of course, he did like, he's the third man. Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. You're like, oh my fun goodness. Fact, yeah, fun fact, like, you, <laughs> right? Fun fact, and I'm, you might get to this, or you might obviously you probably already know this. Uh, the, the, the plan was the backup plan was it was going to be Sting if Hogan had turned down, yeah, turning heel. They were going to have Sting do it. And question is. Would that would that have been a bigger deal than Hogan? Like I don't know, because Sting, I don't think it. The the, the what 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 happened post that I don't think would have had a bigger impact than it did when Hogan did it. It had Sting to be Hogan. Do it, you know what I'm saying? Hogan, was, Hogan has been to the WWF. Sting never did. That's exactly. what had the most impact about it. Well, yeah. Hogan, plus Hogan. Not only had he, oh, Flobo, you back? Okay, yeah, good. All right, cool. All right. Well, uh, Flobo, we're actually in the middle of uh, Bashing the Beast 96, talking about the the heel turn. Oh, yeah, man. So many kids' hearts are ripped out. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was just getting at with these guys. Like, the big – because he was um, – uh, Laren was just talking about how the backup plan apparently was to have Sting turn heel. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Was that was the backup say, plan, yeah. I was going to say, like, Hulk Hogan, his whole persona, right, he was like, he was like Captain America for wrestling, right? Like, he was like – because I mean, what was that song you always had like I'm a American like, that whole thing dun, like, dun, 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 yeah exactly exactly dun, 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 Hey, the shit is catchy. I'm sorry. Oh, that, listen, as corny as that is, that's one of the greatest interest teams in the catchy, history of bro. wrestling. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was a Hogan long time. Can't... And it was really yeah. weird when eventually when, when Savage joined the NWO, you're like, but 
How? <laughs> it, made no, it made no sense. Hold on, there wasn't a person in the arena that wasn't part of the NWO. Bro. True. Yeah. Virgil. True. Virgil was in the NWO. Why no, was Virgil? No, 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 no. That nah. was Vincent. Not Virgil. Vincent. Yeah. Vincent. Oh, that's right. It's Vincent. Yeah. What the hell was that all about, bro? Vincent knew his role. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. and again, by that point in time, like, Hulk Hogan was pretty much in control of creative, so mm -hmm. yeah. fill in the blanks. Exactly. Yeah. We got Vincent, but, uh, we got VK Wall Street, which is all Vincent Man references. And what my question is was basically to the guys was would it have gotten over more if it was Sting? I think it wouldn't no. have. It wouldn't have been a bigger deal. You know what I'm saying? Hogan had it had to be Hogan. Yeah, it had to be Hogan. So yeah. I give it that. But the my favorite part of that whole get down is Hogan's fucking heel promo. After that shit, we you know, going full heel, messing with the muscles and shit. And then Gene Oakland looking heartbroken. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you fans can stick it. No, now you got to do the main gene. The first thing you want to do is tell these people to shut up. That's you right. hear say, brother. You got to do that part first. That's right. <laughs> this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Which was golden. Oh, my God. Straight golden. Well, it was even more golden moment when the fucking one, uh, well, there's a couple moments. One, when the fucking beer can fucking hit uh, Mean Gene in the nose, broke his shit. Yeah. 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 That, that and was... I don't know if y'all remember it. They edited out of a lot of the new stuff on the WWE Network. Uh, a fan, fan jumped in the ring fan, and they beat yeah. the fan's ass. Yep. <laughs> they kicked the shit out of the fan that was trying to yes, bug rush the Hall of Nash. They beat the shit out of that dude. They beat the shit out of that dude. Scott <laughs> Hall was like, yes, been waiting for this forever. Yes. I hate Scott it. Hall, Scott yeah. Hall was the first motherfucker to get to him. As soon as that nigga jumped in the ring, he just kicked him in the head. Just, I was like, oh, wow. Damn, he owe you money? Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite interviews was Kevin Nash on the Steve Austin show, his podcast, whatever. He was talking about Scott Hall. He's like, don't listen, don't tell Scott to put the boost to you. He'll put the boost to you, bro. Oh, yeah. And like, if he don't like you, one out of three is going to be stiff just because it can be. And then he's going to be like, oh, shit, did I get you? <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, yeah Scott Hall was, like, in it, bro. And then, like, they, they hit the dude. They got him out the ring. Security came and got him and shit. Hogan continued. He kept calling the, the New World Organization a couple times. But he, <laughs> he, hit it the he hit it that first time with the New World Order. And he just kept doing that shit. And then he just kept going. He, like, he went on that fucking damn interview for about good what and hall and nash man hall and nash used to have to hall and nash used to have to teach him how to be a heel because they said even yeah. after all that he kept brothering everything and still wanted to cut babyface promos and hall yeah. and nash was like bro you can't do that anymore you gotta stop yeah. that shit. like you're a heel now you can't you know you gotta stop right. one of the matches, you right. one of those no, matches no, no. when he was with the nwo didn't he hook up yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was no, like, no. dude, what the fuck? You can't be doing that, bro. Yeah, you <laughs> That was always my deal with it. Because Hall and Nash were always like, you know why, you know why I'm here. And the back is like, that's right, brother. And I'm like, dude, that's not the vibe. You're killing it right now. I love when Kevin, Kevin Nash used to make fun of fucking Hogan, like, pretty much to his face. He would do that over-the-top shit where he do the pose and shit. 
<laughs> and I understand, man. I mean, that's some hard shit. Let's think about it. How long was how long was Hulk Hogan a babyface up to that point? A very long time. 1984. Yeah, a long time, right? Without Andre, talk about over 10 years. Yeah. So it was hard for him to kick that habit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was his moneymaker, being a babyface. But uh, going into that, like uh, the year before that, people started booing the shit out of Hulk Hogan. It was like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Time for something new. They gave him the John Cena. That started back in like what '93 in, in WWF. His last yeah. his last run. They was booing him then. Yeah. One of the most notable boos was when uh when uh when Sid eliminated him from the Royal Rumble. They actually popped for that, and that's when they were kind of like, oh shit. And that, was 90, that, that was '92. Yeah, I that. yeah then yeah. they forgot that shit when Ric Flair tossed his ass over. Yeah. yeah. That was that's kind of when it started when they they actually popped when Hogan got eliminated. Yeah. You can only take so much of the same crap over and over again. Look at John yeah. Cena. Look at John Cena. They, you know, Roman Reigns. I booed, I booed that dude. I booed John Cena in 2006. How oh, dare oh, you? Man, this is How nuts. dare you? I wasn't a fan either. But, but like, uh, I love Kevin Nash who talks about the whole Hogan thing. Like, because uh, he, he talked about the whole Sting possibly and the guys. Like, yeah, Sting was supposed to be the guy. And they were like, uh, did he want to do it? No. And, and Kevin and like, why? And Kevin Nash like, I don't know, because shit might work. <laughs> right? What other answer is he supposed to give? Yeah, he said, and he said, thank God Hogan had the business set to see that money training going and be like, I can still I get on them. Sting, Sting was more of a loyal guy to the name, to the words WCW, the World Championship Wrestling. He was more loyal to that. He's more loyal to the fans. It's like he couldn't get that get that out of his mind to say, hey, I can make more money being this guy and then coming back to being face somewhere along the line. Yeah. It just he didn't understand the dynamic because he him too, he was faced for so long that he didn't understand that, oh, there's another way of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know. He couldn't be that bad guy that everybody wanted him to be until he turned into the crow and never said a damn thing. True. Yeah, I he never understood. Well, and, even then, he was, and even then, he was just, he was a baby face, but he was like the edgy yeah. baby face. Yeah. He was like the Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, yeah. I'm a baby face, but I'm a vigilante. Yeah. But, but to kind of finish up, we'll go into Crow's thing on the NWO. Um, freaking like one thing I really enjoyed about the NWO is that realism they brought to their shit because the fucking gang style fucking yeah. beat downs they would give them motherfucker they would beat down the four horsemen like every week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and in the interview, there's a lot of interview where Ric Flair said he hated that shit because every week they would go over on Ric Flair. <laughs> they they were always spray paint his like beach blonde hair. They were best, They were terrorizing Ric Flair. The <laughs> best one, the best beating that they ever did. And one that actually caught my attention when I was a little kid was at Disney. You know the one I'm talking about, like backstage at Disney. They were doing a match, like because uh, that's another thing. Very similar to the WWF, Nitro had a little home at Disney for a little while. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the same reason, but to cut production costs. Mm -hmm. So they had a is match. That when at Disney. Is that when they threw Ray Mysterio into the side that's of the it. truck? Is that what, yeah, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, Hart, yeah Jimmy that was Hart horrible. Came, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Hart came in all hysterical, like like all the wrestlers in the ring, like, no, we, we got help. We need, yeah, we need help back there. And then you see the whole uh, the uh, NWO back there beating down wrestlers with baseball bats and shit. 
And like, like I said, the famous one of that shit, Ray Mysterio's in the trailer. He hops yeah, on the little ass, ass Kevin Nash picks his ass up, Lob darts his ass into no, a goddamn trailer. Ray Mysterio jumps off. He jumps off a damn rail. Think he's gonna take down Kevin Nash. Exactly. Nope. Hey man, Kevin Nash. Kevin okay. Nash almost killed Ray Mysterio with a jackknife yeah. power bomb in oh, one match. Yeah. I know, I know he exactly dropped him on his neck and head, and I was like, "Damn, you could have killed Ray." And, and you remember how the sound of the WCW ring was always more distinct than the WWE? Yeah, yes. have more reverb. Heard that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He fucked Ray up. I was like, "He killed. He is dead. Ray is dead." But in they, had that, a, they had a. They, uh, microphone distinctly, like somewhere toward the middle of the ring, yeah. under the ring. Yeah, so yeah, because the ring was mic'd, right? Yeah, the yeah. ring was mic'd. The ring was mic'd, yeah. And then, like, distinctly at the end of that beatdown, they both, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall leaving a limo, and you see the Macho Man jump on the goddamn limo. Macho Man. I love Macho Man. I love that man. God bless the soul. Randy, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> I, <laughs> Hey, listen, man. Yeah. Red, Macho Man is one of my favorites, man. Rest his soul. That mood, that, he was amazing. He was oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. I love Macho Man. <laughs> but the the greatest thing about that whole get down was the response from the crowd. Yeah. Particularly the people at Disney. So mm-hmm. what they did was they thought this beatdown was real. To the point oh, where they actually yeah. called the cops. And next thing you know, yeah. you see cops and ambulances and fucking fire trucks showing up at WCW Nitro. Because people fucking uh, the, pe- the neighboring people in Disney thought, hey, this this folks beating down the wrestlers at the Disney thing. Like fucking, we need help. And cops and all that shit showed up, and it just helped them. It just helped. It just helped WCW look so much doper. It got that. WCW. It got that segment over. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it oh is, my god! Like, to this day, the WWE, when someone gets injured, they'll never say he's going to a hospital for that reason. Because oh, yeah, people will call to, hospital. He's going to a medical facility. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Think about yeah, all the time. True. Think about all the time Stone Cold got handcuffed and sent to a, a police car. You know what I'm saying? They had to probably do. They had to make sure nobody on the public saw that. I mean, if he was watching, if you you if he was watching wrestling during that time, you should have known that was the you know. But like you said, some people don't. They can't distinct what's fiction and what's not. Sometimes I guess. Right, wrestling right. is real. People are fake. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, but I mean, uh, that, that even goes back to like like the the historical roots of wrestling, right? Like, you remember the the, the famous Andy Kaufman thing, right? Like, people yeah. really, truly hated Andy Kaufman because he was playing that heel character. I mean, he he did so much to help the genre and kind of grow this this art form to this whole new direction. And people back then couldn't get it. In fact, if I remember right, like he he met his wife because she thought she was gonna kick his ass in a wrestling match. She was just well, yeah, wrestling yeah. just jumped in the ring to mess with him. So. One of the worst, one of the worst things you could be during the '70s and '80s was a heel, because fans were literally attacking these guys in the parking lot. Like oh, yeah. they, just, they would piss, they would get so much heat that they would come after these guys and wait for them after shows. Some of these heels back back then. Well, and, yeah, and they learned how real the wrestler was. At and that then time. they got their ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they got their ass whooped. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, we were talking about a little bit before talking about guys flipping from 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 face to heel. Right. Like. Yeah. If, if you realize how much of a almost like a guild it is to be a wrestler, right? Everything's taught from the ground up. You're working with guys that have been doing this for a long, long time. You probably came up hearing those stories. And then, you know, I know, I know at least like Laren, Flobo, uh, JD, I know you guys are all performers. Like that idea of making a switch. So first of all, you're dealing with your general public people you deal with. You already know, or at least have been 
taught coming up, they have a hard time distinguishing reality from the ring, right? That's number one. Yep. Number two, yeah. there's a comfort level that comes with, this is my performance, this is what I'm good at. And so like, when you talk to like normal, like actors who are actually looking to do different parts all the time where it's constantly shifting, they, they get frustrated when they get typecast. But when you're doing something where you're performing live, essentially 180, 300 nights a, a year, you get comfortable and confident, hey, I can go out and do my job. And now you're asking me to flip what I do almost 180 degrees. Like that part of it, like nobody ever talks about it. Like every performer has moments of self-doubt. These guys are live performers on top of it. And like, even though we were making fun of Hulk Hogan a little bit, cause he kept slipping back into his face, you know, doing the Hulkster and all that shit. Like, yeah. that's real. Like it, it almost becomes like a muscle memory for him at a certain point where it's like it's really difficult to flip a switch and make that change. Yeah, it's yeah, one of the things kind of, about yeah. people who evolve in wrestling and characters that change the most. They don't get revered. Like, people like Cena's been a stalwart for 15 years. He's on top. The Rock has done that a little bit, but he's in a class of his own. But then you have guys like Jericho, who, like, changes up his thing, like, every three or four years, where crossover appeal-wise, no one really knows him. But if you know anything about wrestling, you know who Chris Jericho is. Because the yeah. pain maker ain't the same as Y2J, ain't the or same the as Lion, Rock and Roll. Or the Lionheart. The Lionheart, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right. It, what, did it, I, part. what did I miss? I had to go get some water. It's hot in this room. We're talking about, just uh, talking about the evolution. I'm sweating like a slave. The, <laughs> no, we just talked about the evolution of certain characters. And actually, okay. since you brought it up earlier, uh, I was going to go into uh, Crow Sting. Yeah. So. so yeah. Oh, Crow, like, oh Crow, Crow Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crow yeah. Sting, yeah. So, like, pretty much what happened with Sting was they had the whole get down where, like, they were kind of, like, dubious of Sting's allegiance to WCW. Uh, many people in particular, like uh, fucking Lex Luger, Rick Flair, were all questioning if Sting was loyal or not. And Sting kind of just said, fuck it, and dealt with it and shit. And uh, he had that whole little promo where he had his back to the fucking uh, camera the whole time. And he's just like, hey, man, you don't trust me? You can stick it, you know? And then he kind of disappeared. Say, and he's, yeah. That's one of the best promos Sting has ever done. Yeah, and yeah, had his back to the camera the entire time. Said, yeah. like, yeah, whatever. So he, uh, like, he just disappeared for a little while. Started changing up his look. His hair got darker. Uh, got started wearing the leather jackets. Face started the face paint started changing or whatever. And then finally, at one point, he decided to just disappear for a little bit. Then, next thing you know, you got the Stinger up in the balcony. No, on the rafters or whatever, just looking down. Not and they did this for a few they did this for a few weeks, right? They did it for about oh, a that year. Went on, that about went on a year, actually, year. yeah. About, about a year. year, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a while. Yeah. There was there was there were two reasons for that. Number one, yeah. Sting actually hurt his knee. Yeah. He actually hurt his knee. That's the reason why they had him doing it like from up there. And the other yeah. one was for the persona, which actually worked out perfectly. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and actually funny enough, Scott Hall is the one that came up with it. Oh, nice. And and it was much needed, man, because at that point, NWO was running through everybody. Nobody, mm -hmm. they were going over everybody. There was nobody <laughs> that was bowing. Nobody they bowed down to. Every week, they were literally, they were just running. They had to have somebody. They needed a hero. They needed some type and, of hero. And bright colored surfer stain. Yeah, bright colored surfer That wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Wasn't going to do it. So apparently what happened was Scott Hall was like, hey, man, you have, you know, Scott Hall. Hey man, you ever seen the crow? I mean, he described the character. Hey man, do that kind of shit. Now, I'm not saying rip off Taker, but rip off no. Taker. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Why not? Pretty much. Why not? 
the whole silent, dark persona, whatever. Like I said, sitting in the rafters with a leather jacket. Every once in a while, he had like a vulture in his arm or some shit like that. Yeah. And during that during that time, Undertaker has switched his persona to where he was the more gothic, more kind of he had the like punk rock or gothic thing going too. So it kind of worked, yeah. you know. Ministry, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that. Yeah, it's harder. I mean, punk rock, it was satanic, but I yeah, right. <laughs> Mom, I'm cold. No, it was he was after the devil. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. The crazy shit he would start doing, he would start repelling from the fucking rafters. You know, what I'm saying Sting come down like with the fucking little shit. Whatever. He would come down fast too. Yeah. <laughs> and this thing, start whooping up all the. Well, I remember with them. Uh, one of the first times he did that shit, came down with a baseball bat and fucking started whooping the shit out of the NWO. And it was like, it was just like crazy. The crowd with nuts. It's good. He had that new move, the Scorpion Death Drop. It's just fucking makes me do that shit all the time, actually. Okay. I'm, one of, I'm one of them horrible children where it's like, hey, kids, don't try this at home. Fuck it, I did it. Oh, I did it. Oh, I did, did it. it. Yeah. I tell you what, I bet you, I bet you. I bet you Sting wouldn't have been doing that after that whole Owen incident, that Owen Owen dying incident. I don't think he would have done that. I wouldn't I have done actually, it. Actually, that was before. Yeah, that was before Owen did died. Did he do it once? I think he did it. In did he do it after Owen once. died? The night Owen died. Once after that. Once. That would have scared me. But yeah. he had he got permission from the Hart family to do it. True. Because he didn't feel right doing it. Yeah. But yeah, like the we whole can get into that. Out. We can get into that later. Yeah, Steam became that silent hero. He didn't say shit for over a year. You just come in, beat some ass, and then just pointed the motherfuckers with a bat, particularly Hogan. Point, like, but during that, but also during that time, he would attack WCW people too. True. I remember that he was just a free agent, but he yeah. would attack WCW guys. It was like, hey, man, they been shitting on my name. Hold on a second. Jeff Jarrett, you take this, and then just walk out. Jeff Jarrett. And he did the hacksaw Jim Duncan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Take this. I said Jeff Jarrett deserved it just for being fucking Jeff Jarrett. Oh, good Lord. Jeff Jarrett is just a classic case of you don't know how to stop messing with other people's wives. He, I, don't, I don't understand him. I, I thought he was going to die. He also had to think. But, but I bet you, I bet you understood it when he said J E double F J A double R E double T. Of course, <laughs> ain't he great? Right. <laughs> you want to talk about a person that's been a mid Carter? His he was his entire career. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, man. What do you mean? He put the TNA title on himself. All right. <laughs> That's how you become a world champion. Like I said, <laughs> Mid yeah, Carter his entire career. He had to create his own shit to get the freaking career to be respected. Hell too. yeah. That's how you do it, man. Entrepreneurship is important. DNA. That's right. He did take he did take Kurt Angle, or did Kurt Angle take his wife? Or what? Yeah, what about, took, you took Kurt Angle's wife. That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who is now Karen Jarrett? Deborah Karen McMichael. Jared. Deborah McMichael. Was oh, yeah. She's McMichael's wife. And yeah, she like, was, man, what? And then she was oh, a woman. Then she became Mrs. Steve Austin. That's a whole other story. That's right. Yeah. Moving right along. Yeah, moving right along. Them she, cookies, Deborah. Uh uh. Funny <laughs> <laughs> enough, since you just Show mentioned it, no, that's what we're doing next. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the birth of Austin 360. I would like to say that was perfect 
for the moment because WWF was getting their asshole out by WCW yeah. during that time. And mm-hmm. it's just back there and it's like, uh, okay, the same old stick on Raw. Let me turn over the Nitro because this is bullshit. Yeah. And but also started out that way too, because they started they brought him in as the ringmaster. You know, the oh, master boy. of the ring. Vince McMahon. <laughs> So, yeah, I like how Stone Cold on, on, on interviews is like, I knew it was a dumb gimmick, but it was my foot in the goddamn door. Like, right, right. Like, all about that. Yeah. I'd, have been, I'd have been the ringmaster, too. <laughs> Look what so, they uh, yeah. <laughs> made a debut in 1996 on the Brother Love Show with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Touch and my, I want you to touch he my hand. He was the Million Dollar Champion. Touch my hand. <laughs> yeah, he was the ringmaster. Yeah, he came in there. He he had a little stint at ECW, but he came in. He had the fucking Bruce Willis crew cut because he was losing his hair, and he he was just a mechanic for a good little bit of his uh, first little bit of his career. But then, he started turning. He was watching the HBO documentary on Richard Kuklinski, the Ice Man, mm-hmm. and started changing his like kind of got the wheels turning for him. It's like maybe I could change up this. Marine Master shit to more of a you know cold blooded serial killer type dude. Like he he says all the time, I don't condone what Richard did, but I just say just got the wheels turning around. Yeah, and he he gave that idea to WWE creative, and they were like, okay, so cold cold blooded. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And he got back the faxes from corny ass names they wanted him to. Frost uh, McFang. Wasn't that one of them? Fang McFrost. Fang McFrost. Yeah, Chili McFreeze. Ah. Ah. Chili, no. No, Chili, don't. And also uh, Otto Von Rufus. I like that one. Otto Von I sound like I made it up. Otto Von yeah. Rufus. But even, even Stonehold was like, yeah, this is trash. No, none of these. <laughs> and then his wife at the time, Jeannie Clark, Lady Blossom, also from WCW. Like, hey, calm down. Everything will be all right. Now, drink your tea before it gets stone cold. She stopped. Her. She, he said she stopped in her tracks. That's it. That's it's like, name. first of all, don't talk about the Duke woman. And second of all, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, was, after he slapped her around, he was like, oh, good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go that far. I didn't go that far. It was a blind. Too real? Too real? Did he slap her around or did he slap Deborah around? It was a Deborah thing, but anyway. Yeah. But like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one alone. I like the lady. That first wife was tougher than him. Right? Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. Lady Blossom? Lady yeah. Blossom, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she wasn't taking that shit. Tougher than he was. Exactly. She wasn't taking that shit. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He got that name. Gave it to creator Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then he started initially as this cold-blooded serial killer character that didn't talk much, but then like they kind of let they kind of let him get on commentary a couple times. He started letting his personality come through. He's like, you know what? Like, hey man, I'm six foot uh, so so guy. I wear black trunks. I got a bald head. I don't really have that much in terms of presentation. But if you give me my personality, I can compete with any motherfucker you got here. And they did. And remember, this his his entrance music was that that creepy serial killer before he got the glass break. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, he, had a, yeah. he had like some just dag, some dark, like uh, some psycho. Yeah, yeah just some dark it worked. music. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked. Well, for the time, yeah, for that for the character, time it worked. 
Yeah, because like I said, he he would do like you would give like uh, interviews where he was just talking in a low, slow voice, like, "Yeah, that's cold." <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "That's cold, stone cold." He'd just stare at the camera and shit. So but when they let him when they, when they let him talk that shit, boy, he talked that shit. The best to do it. But since right. you mentioned it earlier, um, Triple H was slated to be the uh, winner of the 1996 King of the Ring. However, Facts. Facts. because of the current because of the current call, Hunter got punished. Facts. So next runner up, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, like I said, he actually rose after beating Jake the Snake Roberts to become the King of the Ring. He went to his little throne. Actually, funny enough, no, before that he had a match with Mark Merrow. Yeah, he, he busted his mouth. He busted yeah, his mouth open. Yeah, he got he busted his lip open or whatever. So he went, and got that shit fixed. He got passed over to the finals, beat uh, uh, Jake Snake Roberts, and then like right before he went out there to beat Jake Roberts, Michael P. S. Hayes came up with him and said, "Hey, Jake, cut this religious-based promo on you." And he started also started thinking about it. Religious-based. Okay, I got some religious-based for your ass too. Okay, so he went out there, <laughs> beat Jake. And then they say, you know, he comes up to the throne to be interviewed as the new King of the Ring. And I remember that interview specifically. First thing I want you to do is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't get him out the ring. Get him out the WWF. Because she proved without a shadow of a doubt, son, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you throw up your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your songs. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And then you can hear Vince McMahon on commentary. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, folks, for the language. But Uncle hears him. He's like, shut up. You yeah, right? Yeah, 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 you did. You did. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. But I don't care if it's David Boy Smith, Shawn Michaels, whoever. They're all on the list. It's Stone Cold's list. Steve Austin's time has come. And when, you, when I get the chance, you are looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Came up with that shit, that same interview, too. So also, no, yeah. it only took my him two father, years. My father, at that moment, we was watching the King of the Ring at his house. My father, at that moment, wasn't invested in anybody else until that moment. Oh, he oh. absolutely loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is a man from Panama. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> that's the guy. That's my guy. That's my guy right there. I don't care about anybody else. That's my guy. I hate Shawn Michaels. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> and after and he then, cut that, after he cut that promo, his merch went sky high. <laughs> the awesome three sixteen. Well, can yep. we talk about that though? Because before yep. Stone Cold wrestling merch was like a picture of the wrestler on your shirt. Like when yeah. Stone, when the awesome three sixteen came out, it looked like it was a, a, a cult or a club. You just had to know what it was about, so it stuck out. You saw somewhere three sixteen shirts like. Oh, you saw the thing I saw. Cool, as opposed to being, oh, that's Randy Savage. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, thing, one thing that I will say for a wrestling fan that is indicative of who was the guy at the moment, look in the crowd at the wrestling shows. Now, yeah. Keep in mind, the merch is everywhere. You can see, like, remember in the Hogan days, all you saw was yellow and red everywhere. During the Bret Hart years, you saw fucking pink and black. Awesome years, black and white. All, all day skulls, awesome 316 and different colors and letters and shit. You saw it everywhere. Who was indicative of the man? But Austin himself, um, like I said, he never had any merch. And then apparently the, the merch dude kept uh, bugging him like, uh, Steven? That's what he kept calling him, Steven? 
do you have any ideas for any merchandise? And he was like, you damn right I do. Like, like just say the Austin 316 on the front, put a skull on the back of that shit. Actually, he had to get permission from oh, the, the Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah. apparently that they felt that the, the skull thing was part of the Undertaker's motif. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, whatever. So, the skull in that stone cold in that bitch, best selling shirt of all time. Yeah. You know, Undertaker was like, as long as I get my cut. <laughs> <laughs> You could have it. So that's the great thing. Or about nominal the fee. He, that's the great thing about the Undertaker. He knew exactly a mill ticket when he saw it. He yeah, never exactly. stepped in the way of anything. He's like, no. oh yeah, that's no. yeah. We all can make money off this. Well, and since it's since just, we're talking about the business here for just a second, I know we kind of glossed over it, but one of the biggest all-time screw-ups for WCW was letting Steve Austin go because he's, he started out there. They just never – I know everyone blamed – what was his name? Fucking uh, Eric Bischoff. Vince Russo. Well, and they blamed Vince Russo, too, for a lot of problems. I know Eric was yeah. – he takes a good chunk of the blame as well. But they, they underutilized him. They never did anything with him. And then letting Triple H go. I mean – Yeah. If, like, well, terrorizing. Two, what were you going to do with Terrorizing, that? yes. Terrorizing. Hey, come, on. <laughs> come, on, come on. Terrorizing. What were you going to do with that? Yeah, I was actually about to say that AJ, like freaking, like the thing about it, you are right in certain in aspect of is eventually how both guys will usually usually end up whatever has become new stars. However, at the time when both of them were at WCW, they wasn't really doing nothing with them, and they really didn't have the charisma that they would eventually have. It would take both of them getting fired for them to really find their foot. But I think a big oh, no, no, no. that has to has to land on Eric's shoulders because he's in charge of creative, right? And even when Vince Russo is in charge of creative, like you're given talent. Like this is one of the things you and I talk about. We're not talking wrestling. We're just talking movies or TV shows, or whatever the hell it is. You, if you're going to be in that creative role as a writer, director, creative, creative director, anything like that, it's your responsibility to figure out how to get the best out of what you got to work with. And when you let talent like that waste away. To the point where you go somewhere else and they go around and get big, that's on you. I mean, it's like we always talk about, like, you know, what ruins an actor or ruins a director in town isn't making a bad movie, it's passing on a hit. That's the same thing in wrestling. They passed on a hit. They had two extremely talented people, they were contracted to them, and they just busy, you know, don't have the vision, whatever it is, they let them walk. And that was a huge chunk of what helped Vince McMahon eventually end up bringing everything back around, and we'll get to it in a second. But I mean, I mean, but in their in their defense, they didn't they didn't know, they didn't know what these yeah, guys would that's become. That's hindsight, right there. That's hindsight. <laughs> it's very also, much hindsight. You're absolutely right. It's just in it's they would believe me if they had known at the time, they'd have they'd have pushed Eric would have probably pushed Stone Cold to the moon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but also, <laughs> also, but also you got to understand the networks that they're on. Yeah. TNT wasn't gonna do you know. TBS and TNT, they weren't edgy like that. No. They weren't trying to do anything like that. Where you got USA, USA no. you got Nafem Nikita and, you know, <laughs> Burn Notice and stuff like that. It's like, they're, they're edgy. So you got to take it to that level at that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah TNT had an Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Trying to be family networking and shit. The Andy Griffin show was still on. The bop. Yeah. Listen, they were still doing. They were still doing Hanna Barbera wacky races during that. Time. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, fuck you. I love the Wacky Races. Hey, I love the too. <laughs> so imagine, imagine, imagine watching Wacky Races and then Raw the next night or the next show. Like, Yo, but I want to jump in here, man, because real quick, I, I think AJ has a point. You know, like, we look at WWE now before the pandemic, right? So before the pandemic, they had 285 wrestlers under contract over three, over four brands. NXT, UK, Raw, SmackDown. And there's so many times I can tell you, any any group can tell you, yo, how come he don't got the strap? Where's Cesaro's chance? Jack Gable can go. And we can sit there and talk about that. But you're right. Yeah. We have this giant ship. You know NWO is working. It cruise away to working. You ain't got time for terrorizing. You ain't got yeah. time for Steve yeah. Austin. <laughs> you know? You ain't got time for stunning Steve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They got better with time. Sure. I mean, they had Kenny Omega sitting in Florida Championship Wrestling. They had AJ Styles come in and do a yeah. whole bunch of show on Velocity. They didn't yeah. know what type of talent that they have until they left. Right. Well, Kaz, Robinson, yeah. Yeah, and that, that might actually even be a broader point. Like, again, getting to, to WD, WWE's, like, eventual takeover and, and winning out on the wars is, like, one of the things you can look at, especially with them now, they really have, compared to what WCW ever had, a more direct line for talent where they're actually working talent development. You know, it's, it's, probably, yeah. it's probably a hell of a lot closer to almost something like, uh, like the Major League Baseball system where you've got, you know, single A, double A, triple A, where you can actually kind of work your way in. They have scouts out working and looking, and they'll put time and energy into someone to see if they can find a way before they let it drift where, you know, Ted Turner was too busy paying, what we say again? Uh, Tank Abbott, six hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> you know what though? It's it's a bad bad and to backtrack a little bit, I don't know if JD was going to uh, cover this or not. Also, realize what Hall and Nash jumping ship and that whole WCW and the Monday Night Wars caused. What it caused was wrestlers, especially in the WWE, to start getting guaranteed contracts. Yeah. Nobody until and you know one of the first people to get that was Mark Miro. Yeah. They weren't giving. They weren't giving any guaranteed contracts. So when Hall and Nash did that in that whole Monday Night War, that that caused people don't realize it. It was it was something big, but it changed the industry. It wasn't mm -hmm. just this monumental thing. It literally changed the way how Vince did business. And well, because yeah. you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And, well, and actually, Mark Merrow. Mark Merrow was the first per of all people. Yeah. And what was he? The, the cat in WCW? No, no, he was uh, a yeah. Wild 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 Wow, man. Think Johnny about bad? it. He came <laughs> over there, dude. WCW. Listen, they were going to put him over. They were going to shoot him to the moon, and get, mm -hmm. and they, he gave him a guaranteed contract. This is what the type these type of things cause. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Vince wanted Johnny be bad. He got Mark Merrill. He got and Sable, <laughs> which messed with, which hey, messed uh, him up too. <laughs> Sable turned out to be a bonus. Yeah. Oh boy. Did she? Did she? Yeah. Big bonus. So. Well, the, the other thing, though, at that exact same time, because I was actually listening to, uh, shit, I can't remember the name of the, the radio show just a little while back, but they were actually saying that around that same time, because they were getting killed on, on Monday nights, right, they ended up having to go through and they were cutting wrestler salaries. All the execs were taking pay cuts for the most part just to stay afloat initially because they yeah. were trying to uh, find ways to do the guaranteed contracts for the, for the marquee names. Mm. So I, I know it was kind of a – a shifting floor for him, but again, you got to go to that eye for talent and development that obviously Vince McMahon and WWE now had and have because they were able to pull in Triple H and Stone Cold before that's who they were. They saw that there was something there. 
For a lot of the develop, develop, development, a lot of people don't know was actually ECW. Yeah. That that was a lot of their development guys where they'll send them over there to, you know, Paul Heyman, let him work with you for a little bit and see what it is. Even if he doesn't put you on TV, let him go ahead and teach you how to do a promo, teach you how to work and things like that. And then we'll call you back up, see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I think Steve Austin was the very first one to really go through that. And then after that, you saw how it worked. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and move on, uh, fellas. Uh, next up, the Montreal Screwjob. Hmm. Brett screwed Brett. Ah. <laughs> so for those of you who not know, the Montreal Screwjob is the infamous match at uh, Survivor Series 1996 between Shawn Michaels. Now, the lead up to this was probably one of the more intriguing stories in wrestling history. At that point, Brett was probably the most popular superstar on WWE. Hey, JD, your, your audio is mad distorted. Is that me or? Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all hear that too, right? Yeah. Is it me? Sums up at your audio, yeah. Uh, uh, y'all talk about the Montreal Screwjob. Montreal Screwjob! So, I mean, damn it. <laughs> listen, it's a simple fact of, as, as, it's as simple as this. All parties, all parties involved, I believe, are at fault. Brett didn't want to put Sean over. Sean didn't want to put Brett over. Vince should have took care of business months earlier, knowing that Brett was leaving, and he didn't. And he waited to the last minute, and he got himself screwed. I don't think there's there's really no winner in this situation. Now now, post that there were a lot of winners. <laughs> think about there was a lot. Brett, well, I mean they 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 didn't use Brett good in WCW at all. They oh, shitted shit. on him, but Whoa. but the man made good money. He was making two and a half two and a, I think two and a half mil more. You know what he was making at WCW. Vince was able to create the Attitude Era and become this evil villainous character. I mean Sean was champ. You know, and he was still getting paid top dollar. So, in but in Vince hindsight, was the one that helped Brett get that contract too. Yeah. He did, he did, he did. But that, Vince didn't. He he should have handled his business better, and he wouldn't have had the result to doing what he did. And yeah. it was simply, it was just simply three men who just didn't want to cooperate. You know, now in Brett's defense, and I'm sure you guys know this, Shawn Michaels was a was a was a asshole back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was an utter yeah. piece of shit, and he treated everybody like crap. And him and Brett had their little thing, and Brett couldn't stand him, and he couldn't stand Brett. And every time Brett would try to be professional with Sean and basically tell him, "Look, this is how it's going to go down. You put me over, I'll put you over." And according according to Brett, the story is Sean told him to his face, "Look, that's nice. Thank you for telling me that." He said, "But I'm never putting you over, ever." So leading into that match, Brett was like, okay, well then, you know, he told Vince, like, look, if Sean's not going to play ball, I'm not, I'm not going to put him over. Now, I guess in Vince's defense, I'm trying to see everybody's defense in this. In Vince's defense, it was more or less, he was telling Brett, look, I'm letting you leave, man. You're leaving to go make more money. You have to drop that title. And Brett should have. Brett should have dropped the title, but he didn't want to drop it to Sean. And then Sean was just an asshole. It was just three men who just, they, they couldn't get on the same page. So Vince felt he had to do what he had to do. If, if y'all want to elaborate. <laughs> it's a hard thing for me because I, I, I always get like yelled at in crowds, man, because I sound like a total corporate chill. 
But Bret Hart was you, wait, you get yelled at at crowds? No, when we have these, these discussions. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I, get, I, I get booed at my house all the time. Somebody just no. yells at you? Hey! <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Because <laughs> like, so, I, I got to side with Vinnie Mac here. It's a very easy thing to be like, yo, man, Vicks, he's crazy. Let, let, let him let the, the title change the next night. But you are property of WWE. You are their champion. And at Survivor Series, which is, I don't know why it still is, one of the biggest pay-per-view nights of the year, piles on the line. You don't like it. You don't have to love it. The next day you're on a plane to Atlanta, just do the job. But you're yeah. going to be, oh, wait, I don't, I don't like him, so I'm not going to do it here in my home country. I don't see yeah. that. I can't imagine that at any other job on the planet. But I know calling the screw job in the ring and getting spit on, that's kind of messed up. But it shouldn't have happened. That was Brett, three seconds, and then, you know, beat up Sean after that with the long dart. Just chuck him to the side. Yeah, right? <laughs> call it over. I it's still to this day, man. I think they should have went out there and put on an absolute fucking classic and Bret Hart just lose the match. It, it would have been better off for all parties involved if Bret Hart would have just went on and swallowed his pride on this one and just went on and take take the L. He would have been better off just taking the L in that situation because yeah. there's no way possible that anybody else was actually going to be, you know, looking great in this off that bullshit. I mean, Bret Hart, he looked like an absolute dumbass at the end of that. Once oh, you he was, realize he was pissed. everything that happened. He was pissed. He was mad. I mean, he was mad. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Very much so. And if anybody would have been in that arena that was closer to Vince, we talking about the Briscoe, Patterson, Sean, Triple Jim Cornette. They, Jim, oh, they all would have got their asses. And Jim Cornette, he always makes a joke. Jim Cornette always makes a joke during a shoot, a shoot interview. He always says, because <laughs> as soon as it happened, he saw the finish and he saw what happened. Because they had had a meeting the night before, a creative meeting. And it was Vince Russo, Jim Cornette, and uh, Vince McMahon. And Vince was on the phone with Brett and then on the phone with Sean. And Brett was like, I'm not putting Sean over. Sean was like, I'm not putting Brett over, da 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 And Jim Cornette tells a story of how he was like, look, just fucking do a double cross. And he says he said it jokingly. Yeah. And didn't know that Vince was actually to go through with it. So, but that wasn't really genuinely, he doesn't take credit for it. But anyway, the situation yeah. happened. And Jim Cornette said when he finally saw the finish, he said he didn't want to be nowhere in the vicinity. And he always makes a joke about how he believes he beat Earl Hebner to the car. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> y'all saw Earl Hebner got the fuck out of there. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yes, he, did. he got the he fuck told, out of there. He, he told his brother to throw his gear inside of the car and be ready with the car running. Right. As soon as they hit the three, you're going to see me come out. You're going to see Jim, me come out. And Jim Cornette said when he got to his car, he saw a set of headlights behind him. And he was like, damn, I beat Earl Hebner to the car. <laughs> damn, that's some good shit right there. Like, damn, I thought I was the only guy out here. Earl Hebner's already out here. <laughs> Where the hell's he going? And realistically, what was going to happen? What do you, I mean, Brett... Brett Owen, uh, even the British Bulldog, they were all pissed. But realistically, they were pissed, but what were they going to beat up? They were going to punch out everybody up? Yeah. What were they going to do? Yeah, they, they were. I guess so. And not to mention, not to mention, you're in Canada. True. You're Very in, true. Get the hell out of there. Get out of there. Yeah, they yeah. They Jim Cornette said he went. The hearts. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah. The dungeon, that whole dungeon family. Yeah. <laughs> dungeon yeah they got family. the fucking. That's all right. I'll cast organized production. I was, was going to say, you know, I'll kill a mic. Yeah, it was a weird time, man, because I know a lot of times people are saying, man, because this, a lot of insider wrestling fans, the smarts, whatever, always have this narrative like, man, Vince C now, he's out of touch. 
but people have been saying that for like 40 years, man. Like he was right. out of touch with rock and wrestling and the new generation and the attitude era. And now it's like, he knows what he's doing, man. And you try to mess up his money. Dude, he just saw Medusa take his title the year before to WWE yeah. and put that in a trash can. You, I, I, pay, I pay for that. Would, and that, that and was Eric Bischoff's own career. She yeah. her own career behind that. Absolutely, but you know, man. Hey, listen, Eric Bischoff told her, because he, it was his idea. He told, uh, it was a Lundra Blaze Medusa. He told her, he's like, I want you to know, I, it's my idea. And she was like, okay, I'll do it. He told her, he's like, you do realize you're done with Vince once you do this, right? He was like, yeah. you, you cannot go back to the WWE. He's not, you know, and she was like, that, that's how mad she was. She was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'll do it. But he yeah. told her, like you said, he told her that you're about yeah. to ruin your career and, and any bridges you have is done with, with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's in the Hall of Fame now, though, 20-something years later. 20-something years later. <laughs> it took forever for her to get there. Alundra Blaze. It did. It did. Alundra Blaze. When she threw the title in the, in the trash, Eric Bischoff, it was his idea, and he told her straight up, "Look, no, when you do this, you're yeah. you're done. You're done. You I'm, can't go back." I'm pretty sure it took a lot of convincing from yeah, everybody yeah, else okay. to say, "Vince, let her in." What's that? Some I'll horchata? No, 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 no. <laughs> what you got? Some horchata? This is the WWF Women's Title. <laughs> hey. The WWF Women's Title. I think that was a replica. Why did it look so small? <laughs> no, no, no! That's how big it was. How did it? That's how big. That's how big the trash can was. It was yeah. <laughs> it was just a really frame, big dumpster. My favorite time frame for a larger blazer when she got implants. Oh, okay. <laughs> I became a man that day. <laughs> oh yeah, she was Medusa. Oh my god, yeah. she had them. Uh, she was the barbecue sauce matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was during the time. That, listen, that was during the time all the divas was getting breast implants. China, even Stephanie. Yep. Stephanie yep. Man titties got big. All those Stephanie Man titties. Yeah. Thank you. Since you brought that up, thank Stephanie you. Stephanie really Thank you for segueing to that. I was going to talk about titties. We're going to talk about titties. We're talking about the divas now. <laughs> Yay! Ah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, first off, Sonny. Hmm. Homewrecker. Yeah. Now at the time, Sonny was like, you know, like, yeah. Okay, can I get can I get my shit out? <laughs> She's a homewrecker. I agree, but let me get my shit out. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, like I said, at the time she was, you know, AOL's most downloaded woman. Actually, they fact checked that shit. Apparently it was like uh either Pam Anderson or Cindy Margolis. Cindy Margolis. Yeah, Cindy Margolis. Oh yeah, that was the actual God. chick. But, but he WWE said that with so much confidence, Cindy Margolis. Yeah, I'm a yeah, man but, of a certain age. You know, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> but she was close, but she wasn't like the number one. You know what I'm saying? But they played that. They played that shit up a lot. Then she was on a lot of different shows. She was like on Single Down. She did a couple mm-hmm. things like that for MTV. Yeah, she was she was hot for her time. However, uh, she had a tendency of being an attention whore, uh, among other things. And uh, <laughs> she screwed over Great. Chris Candido. Rest in peace. She Great. screwed her husband God, over. She did. The, her, Chris yeah, Candido her loved her. Chris yeah, Candido he loved her. And she treated him like shit. Like yeah. shit. She's paying for it now too. Yeah, oh she, yeah, because she looks like shit. Yeah. So and she was <laughs> still doing porn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, she, 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 I think she has like an OnlyFans now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same oh thing. God. 
But uh, getting to that, uh, her guy at the time was Chris Candido, and they were rest uh, in peace. Part, yeah, they were part of the tag team, the Body Donnas. Was she was Sunny? He was Skip, uh, like zipping, skipping shit, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. She was different because the fact she was a very pretty woman. Uh, you know, had you know, she could talk her way through some shit, you know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah, had a great body. She's all she's one of the first ones to be all in bikinis and shit, and they put it all in the raw magazine. So yeah, it, yeah, she had a significant presence, and uh, she was actually the first one they referred to as a diva. You know oh yeah, like that's she, right. Yeah, so fucking uh, Sunny uh, made an impact. However, the chick that came after her made a bigger impact. Sable. Mm-hmm. Since we talked about Sable earlier, the wife of then Mark Merrow, the wild man Mark Merrow. Uh, she came out with him, and she would come out to the matches in like the fucking skin tight, fucking cat suits and shit, and like fucking like she. I mean, she she didn't have much of a ass, but she had a great upper upper body. You know what I'm saying? She's very pretty. You know what I'm saying? And uh, basically, there was times where they didn't really have shit for her to do. She would just come out in the bikini, like model, like a teacher, or like model the WWF perfume or some bullshit. Or just like come that. out as a valet. She was a valet for like everybody. Just, <laughs> and she got, but yeah, she, but she got a huge fucking pop, huge reception. And Vince and fucking both Vince's fell in love with her. Yeah. Miss McMahon and Vince Russo. Yeah, yeah and much, they both much, admitted. Much to Mark Merrill's dismay. And to Sonny's dismay. Because <laughs> that, that, ruined, that ruined Mark Merrill's career and Sonny's. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she got over like fucking crazy, bro. And then, of course, she got even um, more over. I think the one that really, the one moment that really made her get over, um, Miss Slammy, 1996. And she came in that bitch in a bikini and she killed everybody. And they had, they had all the chicks come in, in bikinis. It was Sunny, uh, Marlena. Marlena was close though. She, she was bad in that shit. But Sunny just, I mean, I'm Sable just blew their ass out of the water. Man. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> and then the, and then she got them gimmicks bigger, man. So like, uh, like, uh, them, them gimmicks, them gimmicks, them gimmicks, them gimmicks. And then fucking Jerry Lawler was in love with the bitch. So, well, excuse me. Like, they're they're not gimmicks. They're foreign objects. They are foreign objects. Those are foreign objects. They're really nice foreign objects, man. And like I said, she you got know, to the point where they actually started involving her into the actual storyline. So she got into the whole thing with Luna, who could legit yeah. beat her ass anytime she wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but they they like, hey, this is our baby. Sable is our baby. Make her look nice. Luna, make her look nice. Okay. They threatened her. Vince, Vince threatened her. He was like, he was like, you, if you hurt her in any way, you're out of here. <laughs> I'll like, break you Yeah, I'll break you yeah. yeah, Luna. Yeah. <laughs> rest in peace. Rest in peace, Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon. Yeah, but she, Luna, worked her ass off to make Sable look like she could do some shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, they, yeah, and then uh, Sable ended up. She was not supposed to like be a wrestler, but she ended up having her first matches and shit like. like Doing the one little move she had, the sable bombs and kicks. That's all she had in terms of offense. You know Never what that, made a, that really nobody made a power really, bomb look better than that. No, uh, yeah, boy. and that, and let me tell you, when she did, when 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 Mark Merrill allowed her, keyword, to mm. to do that sable bomb, that that was the nail in the coffin for him because even Stone Cold was saying in a lot of interviews, nobody because they she, they did that on TV. Yeah. So all the male wrestlers was like, I'm never putting Mark Merrill over. 
you just let a woman power bomb you. Yeah. <laughs> I love Stone Cold's reaction. It was like, yeah, because he was supposed to run a program with Stone Cold. Vince was like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Stone Cold was like, freaking like, uh, like he did the power bomb. Uh, so the, the power bomb happened, and Stone Cold was like, so who I'm running with now? Yeah, right? <laughs> he was like, that's it, dude. No, I don't blame him. Vince was him. literally Vince was literally going to wrestlers and like, look, we want to push Mark Merrill. And they were like, nah, not, not over me. <laughs> Hell no, sir. He just got power bombed on television by his wife. Not happening. I say nay, sir. <laughs> Damn. That was pretty bad. Uh, that ruined then, his career. Yeah, but then after Sable, like a whole little uh, cavalcade of big titty bitches started coming in the fucking WWE. Uh, DB. Wait, wait, a, a cavalcade of skinny bitches? That's what we yeah, call it. A gaggle of hoes. No, my exact, my exact, my exact a gaggle of cavalcade of big titty bitches. The feeling is there. But yeah, and they all had big titties. Oh my God, Jacqueline! What? Jack, uh, my God! Oh yeah, Hallelujah! And then, and then uh, you know, Hallelujah! Marlena turned to yeah, Marlena turned to, to to Terry Runnels. I had the biggest family. crush. I had the biggest crush on Terry Runnels. Oh God, when I was Terry young, Runnels, there was just something about her. Something about her. Yeah. Oh, and then more. Freak. Then more of them started trickling in. She, like, was, like, she was a freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Ask New Jack if she's a freak. She's yeah, New Jack. Yeah, New Jack. Yeah, New Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Sucking. Yeah. Sucking. Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, 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 what's we cussing up a storm talking about tiny tunes a couple weeks back? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think we made a, a fucking family show. Tiny tunes, right? Shout out to Buster Bunny, man. He gets no respect these days. Buster Bunny is the shit. That, that, that's what yeah. we're talking about in the show. Buster Bunny is the shit. about how badass Buster Bunny is, man. Yeah. Yeah. Go back yeah. we're, we're deep in the tiny tunes. <laughs> but okay, so uh, get to other chicks, though. But they tried, They basically what they were doing was biting off of what ECW was doing. Because ECW is really the ones that had the provocative shit with the chicks first. They had Beulah, Francine, mm. uh, mm. Kamana Leia. Was it uh, Gorgeous no. George? Gorgeous George? Didn't she come from there? No, she was uh, with WCW. Oh, that WCW, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah. But they tried that shit too towards the end. Like had, they had um, Gorgeous George, uh, fucking what's up, Major Guns. What a suitable name! What a suitable name! And like I said, like I said, fucking Medusa got breast implants, so she was part of that shit too. So yeah, they were trying it, man. Oh yeah, and then the Nitro Girls. Yeah, first time you saw Stacy Keebler. That's right. Stacy Keebler was in WCW. And Tori Wilson, both of them started in WCW. Yep. So that's right. Wow, I didn't know that. Exactly. So been wrestling the same day lives, but they were good to look at. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. And actually because of the popularity of, of Sable and those other chicks, they brought back the WWF women's title that had been vacant since the whole Alondra Blaze thing. Mm. And yeah, it's been pretty much going in some form or another ever since. Yeah. So yeah. And then another beautiful lady that came in a little bit later that kind of brought the athleticism back to the women of WWE, Lita. Oh. Because Lita, yeah, because because uh, uh, for a little while it was the the Sunnies, the Tories, the Ivories and shit. Then Lita came on, and Lita was so much different than my other chicks. 
stack two, and then she would, the bigger kicker was she would do them hurricane runners in the phone. Yeah. yeah. That was right around the same time Trish debuted too, right? Didn't they kind of come in about the same time? About the same yeah. time. Alita came in first though. Because yeah. Trish, Trish, they didn't build her, like they didn't book her to be all at, she was the sex symbol when she first came in. It yeah, wasn't she was until, manager. Yeah, yeah, she was manager for TNA. TNA. Because when Lita came in from the jump, because she came in with uh, S.A. Rios, remember? Yeah, then she went with the Hardys, Team Extreme. Team Extreme. Team, so, like, Lita, when they brought Lita in, from the jump, she came in as a wrestler. Trish was a, was eye candy, and then they started pushing her as, like, a wrestler's wrestler, like, a little bit later, after the whole TNA thing, and, you know what I'm saying, and that whole, she was another, boy, I had a wet dream about Trish once. I really we did. All have. I listen. Okay, okay yeah. Okay, this is a this is a family program. I, I, I listen. Talk about that later. We all we all we are the last week plan. Like what? Why'd you say like that? Man, man, we're not going there. I listen. I love yeah. how we talk. Hey, 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 bro, bro, you hear my voucher? You making me look bad? We're not going there. We're not going there. I love how. I love how when I say wet dream, the buck stops there. But everything before that. Yeah, because you are having the wet dream. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it was Trish. Okay, anyway. Yeah, I get it. I understand. But no. Still no. Yeah. Still no. I, I actually was a leader person because I, I didn't have cable in those, those years. So I would get like tapes from buddies. And then I would stay up late for Saturday night to watch WWE Jacked or Metal. And he had right, S.A. Rams right, every right, week, right. you know. And you're like, oh, wait, she's doing the thing he's doing and whatever, whatever. And she had yeah. thongs out. And I was of age. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. they, they, don't, they didn't give that guy much credit. S.A. Rios was dope. He was, he was dope. a really good. He was a really good high flyer, dude. He was dope. It, it Actually, it kind of pissed me off as a kid because he was good on Saturday nights. But to get Lita to with, with Matt, they had to, like, make him an abusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, abusive an yeah. yeah, it was weird. They had to turn him heel. Yeah. 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 All right, now how, uh, I, I, I was uh, out for a little bit. Did we talk about Vince Russo yet? No, kind of. Not really. Is Not really. No, well, let's get no, to Vince Russo. Just as I'm looking at it here, because I, uh, I know we got everybody on for, uh, for about two hours for tonight. We, yeah. If everybody's willing, I think we should try to, probably uh, try to plan, maybe do a, a part two at some point. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, okay. I'm down. I'm down how, much, how much time do we have left? I mean, I'll go as long as everybody else wants to go, but I, you know, I know we, we promised everyone we try to keep it around two hours. I know people got stuff to do, so you know, okay. you want to go another like 15, 20? Uh, uh, it's it's okay. it's a pan it's a pandemic, AJ. What do we have? Hey, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to be a good host. I, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what, what we have stuff <laughs> to do? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. There are people still with other obligations. So I, know, I know. I know. I know. Safety is essential. I just. I, I just. I. I kid. I kid. I kid. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so about wet dreams. Right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wet dreams, yeah. Y'all ain't never gonna let me live that down. I should have never. Hell no, you I should have never. Listen, I listen. Trish was sexy, damn it. I agree. <laughs> she still is. She still is, exactly. Yeah. She still looks good. Wet dreams with him, yes. <laughs> I was a kid. I was a kid, JD. This so was, was I. Still, <laughs> you ain't seen like this happened yesterday. I was thirteen, nigga. Definitely my first white girl crush. No, she was definitely my first white girl crush. Mine, mine was, mine was Sable. I was, I was a Sable girl. Yeah, but I like that. That was just mine. That was just mine. I like that. Yes. Actually, you know what? My first white girl. 
my first white girl crush was actually unwrestling related. My my official first white girl crush was Nev Campbell from Scream. Those just some she was so cute to me. That that was that was that was I was team Nev Campbell. I had a thing for fucking what's her name Topanga. Yeah, I kept I kept looking at her as like she can't be all white. Yeah, it's Topanga, it's like, yeah, they can't be all white. Topanga, yeah. and, that, and that's a yeah, and that's a black name. It's, it's something there. Yeah, yeah, it's just a body. I, I can't understand that. And her name was black as fuck too. Yeah, it's just a different name. Hair, the hair and everything like you got to be mixed with something. Who you little white? Who you little white named Topanga? Topanga. That's a black name. But yeah, I love Topanga, man. I'm out here. All right, so let's get into Miss Russo real quick. Now, Miss Russo, of course, yeah, yeah. He of course he started out as fucking um the editor of the Raw Magazine. But uh, the Raw Magazine was actually outside, of course, the main WWF magazine. And Vince McMahon started taking notice of how, you know, the content of the Raw Magazine was really getting over. Particularly, he had, like, the swimsuit ads with Sable and Sonny and Marlena and shit. How he would go into, like, the real person and making it, like, part of the storyline, more, more or less like how WCW was doing. And he was like, you know what? Actually, apparently they actually had a meeting about this. Like, fucking, they had brought in Jim Ross, Bruce Pitcher, um, mm. Cornette, all those guys, and fucking Vince McMahon slammed down the Raw magazine on the table. It's like, this was this is what the show needs to be. This is what the show uh, should be. It's attitude. This shit. This is what. Give me more of this. Give me more of this. And he said that to everybody. Then Vince Russo really got big on himself because he felt like I got I got more power than everybody in the room. And of course, they brought him in on television. He started writing. Um, some of the characters he came up with, a lot of them were trash, but some of the ones that did hit, they hit hard. Yeah. Hard. He worked with pretty much everybody. And one thing that's different about Vince Russo's writing, which I will commend him for, as opposed to now, everybody on the roster had a meaningful story from Vince Russo. You cared about every fucking person, every yeah. fucking storyline. Yeah. It was all intriguing. Every last one of them. I wanted to see what was going on with fucking uh, D'Lo and goddamn Mark Henry and China and all that shit. And then on the other end, I want to see what's happening with DX. And on the other end, I want to see what's happening with fucking uh, The Nation and shit. And then, of course, Stone Cold and all The Rock and all the main people. Whatever. But he did something for everybody. Everybody was interested. One and of my favorite on. podcasters uh, made a point of saying, um, he's a wrestling podcast, he's a solid monster. He made a point of saying during that time, whether you were low card, Mid card, the low card and the mid card guys were over. Everybody was over. Yeah. If you if you were a main eventer, you were a god. If you were the Rock or Mankind, like there was no word. You weren't over. You were over. Mid carders were over. Mm-hmm. The main eventers were. He said they were. They were. They were. They were gods. You were a god at yep. that point. And the thing with Russo was he was basically catering everything to be like either the Jerry Springer show or the Howard Stern show. Crash TV. Yeah. Crash TV. Very clearly, that's what he was one going. What he's going for. He would actually write his shit with the fucking Springer show in the background, listening to it while he's writing. Like, what can I do it here? What can I put here? And then he put people from Howard Stern on WWE. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking what the crackhead Bob and all that shit. All the all the crazy yeah. people, the crazies from the Howard Stern show, the retarded people and all that shit or whatever. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> fucking like yes. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all those yeah, all those people like that, they would be on the show and shit, and like. Even Jim Ross, I'm like, what the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> like, what, what are they adding to our product? What are they doing here? Vince Russell, like, hey, they're cool, bro. They're cool. 
everybody's watching this kind of this is what everybody's watching. And you can see which characters really had the Vince Russo touch. Fucking yeah. the main one really that the one I actually liked was well well one of the ones I liked. Val Venus. Ah. <laughs> That's yeah. Vince Russo every bit about you know what oh, Venus rhymes with? Ladies. Yeah, Val, yeah, Val Venus. <laughs> I love, I love, you know what Venus I love, rhymes with? I love how he said, like, when they when they found the breasts of Sean Morley, they said, they, they just looked at him and was like, this guy just looks like a sneezy fucking star. Let's make him a sneezy fucking porn star. So, so now you guys are going to call me a hypocrite. Because I sung the praises of Duke Drozzy, but a porn star wrestler, I was not on board for. I was like, what? he can make way more money doing that. What's he doing over here? What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Balbinus is much more interesting than Duke the Duke. <laughs> what? In every way. In every way. Every way. I'm sorry. In, In every way. way. Fair enough. I'm just saying, as a kid, I'm like, why, why this guy can make a lot more money, make was, a lot was, more was, girls. Yeah. Why is he yes, wrestling? Wait, wait, so wait. That was your concern? His income? No, no, no. <laughs> my, my, my concern is, is like, why, why is he hanging that out was, with us? What he's oh, doing over okay. there? He should be doing some crazy ass shit. Like, like Alberto Del Rio is so rich. Why is he hanging out with us? He has all I these thought, cars. What I you thought doing? you were concerned about his yearly earnings. Like, what's, what, that concerns you? I hear, I, hear some, I hear some trash men do very well, but her, also her porn stars do very well. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe he needed wrestling to supplement his income. He sounded like he was really concerned about his yearly earnings like he was just be more concerned than <laughs> hello baby. oh my god that is hilarious that is so funny so the big Bal- yeah the, you know, the big Balboski is like the roman empire I right came, i saw and then i came with me ah. <laughs> yeah. my favorite one was uh ladies you're one leg is Christmas, the other is something like Easter, and he's like, you gotta let the big Valbosi come in between the holidays. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Don't we also have to thank uh, Vince Russo for, uh, for David Arquette's short-lived wrestling career? Yeah. yeah. He's still yeah. going. He's still wrestling. Uh, he's still wrestling. Yeah. David Arquette still wrestles, yeah. I, I don't care what none of you say. Like AJ just said, let's 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 recap on the fact that David Arquette is a former world champion, bro. <laughs> a former WCW champion. Right? Let's think about that. Let's reflect on that for one minute. <laughs> yes, that is a Vince Russo innovation. Thank that you. That was his thing. Thanks, AJ. See, that's that's the thing about about Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got so many damn good ideas, but he doesn't. He didn't have that filter in yeah, WCW. That's, that's there, the tell thing. your ass. That's a dumbass idea. We gonna throw that away. And Vince was that filter. Vince McMahon was that Vince filter. Vince was the filter. Yeah. WCW would have worked a whole lot better if if he would have saw Eric Bischoff as like, okay, I'm gonna tell you no to this idea because of this, this, and this. Instead of yeah. just going along with it and then keeping it going and then treating the belts like crap, and then we're having giving matches with every single title every freaking week. What is that? The 49ers match for the world heavyweight title. What the hell yeah. was that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, man. I could do you one better. Y'all remember Disco Inferno, the wrestler? Yeah. yeah. Okay, apparently apparently, at one point he was part of booking at WCW. And, oh, and, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I think it was Jim Cornette or somebody was during yeah. uh, was on creative during that time, too. It was somebody backstage, Bruce Pitchard, one of them. And he said that literally Disco, you want to talk about Vince Russo's ideas. They said 
Disco Inferno would think of things like the Invisible Man, Martians from Mars. They were literally so he was gonna do this gimmick, the Invisible Man. And, the, hey. and you want to know? You want to know yeah. what the vignettes were gonna be? Yeah. They were gonna have the camera in a locker room, nobody there, and it would just it would just be an empty room, and then a caption would come across the screen, coming soon. <laughs> that was, since you mentioned that, uh, those were going to be yeah, the vignettes. Yeah, yeah, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. used to be a writer for WWE. Yeah, he mentioned he was a promo that coach. Was yeah, he? Exactly, promo? he was a promo yeah. coach. Yes, he was. Yeah. And he also mentioned that certain writers would try to pitch shit like that. Is that one pitch? Because uh, uh, a lot of them came from television, so that's how they thought. Yeah. So like, like uh, so I would do hell. They said one idea was like, uh, we're gonna do hell in a cell, and we're gonna have an axe. It's gonna be like a swinging pendulum. It's gonna get closer and closer as the match goes down. And and Fred is like, you really gonna pitch that shit? <laughs> <laughs> you, you think it's gonna work? Really? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, no, that's not gonna work at all. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, that shit like that. Like Vince, yeah, Vince Russo did do a lot of that shit. But I think the big implosion with Vince Russo to me was uh, Bash of the Beach 2000. The oh, movie. what a uh, oh, Is that when he cut the promo on Hogan? And, and, uh, before yeah. that, before With that, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah, so Hulk, so he, uh, this Russo got all pissed off that Hulk Hogan pulled his creative control card, which he did, uh -huh. uh, and saying that he don't want, he didn't want to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't want to lose. He didn't want to lose to uh, Jeff Jarrett or whatever. And all that was a shoot, right? That was all a shoot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. That all whole thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Vince Russo told Jeff Jarrett just to lay in the ring. So go in the ring, act like you want to start a match and just lay there. And then Hogan's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And then, like, and then here comes Vince Russo out with the world title and just throws it at him. Like, here, there you want it. You want it. There you go. And then, like, he kept saying to Jeff, Jeff, get up, man. Come on. Go get this bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bush, so he got out. He put his foot on um, Jeff's chest, and they counted one, two, three, and Hogan was the new champion. And then he got the microphone. He's like, was this you, Russo? See, that's why his company's in the shape it's in, because of bullshit like this. And that's what he said on live on television. And he got tired on and just walked out, and that was the last time they ever saw Hulk Hogan on WCW. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you're saying Jarrett was world champion in two promotions. Okay. Uh, he oh, was, yeah. yeah, he was world champion. <laughs> he was. Yeah. That was a weird, like, weird review, man, because that, that doesn't whole, make them. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make them any minutes. Yeah, like, it's like, do you remember who he beat? And then no. you, do you remember how do you know how long he was champion? I remember him calling people slap nuts and slap ass. That was the weirdest he, part about his WWE. Yeah, slap nuts. Let's revert back to my uh, previous statement. Uh, Mid Carter, his entire career. <laughs> 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 yeah. Which is crazy because yeah. he had the skills. He had the skills to be the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, he did. He, he was, was good. Never, he was good. It just never came up with the main with the main brains of pro wrestling. Yeah. True. It's like, there's All no right. way he would have been WWF champion. No way. No All way. Right. No. Not with the All click right. there. All right, fellas. So let's knock out one more big subject, and then we're going to go ahead and call it, okay? And uh, like I said, I would love for everybody here to come back next week. We have nothing else planned. Like, we would love to come That's back good. next week. Same around the same time. Hey. That's too sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> you want to come back next week? We do the shit again. We still got a little more to talk about, but like one more big one we're gonna talk about, and then that'll be it. Uh, did we talk about Pillman's got a gun? Yeah. No. Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Pillman's got a gun. I'm gonna shoot Stone Cold when he comes. 
He had the gun, oh my god. Thomas got a gun. So on nice. the November 4th edition, 1996 <laughs> edition of Monday Night Raw. That was the funniest Ooh. shit in history, bro. Stone Cold oh Steve Austin and Brian Pillman got into a big beef at Brian Pillman's house. And they had the interview. It was supposed to be like Kentucky, but they, the fucking caption on the actual shit was so like, <laughs> That was so ridiculous. Oh God! No, it's, no, it's supposed it to be like it's supposed to be like like Minnesota or some other place, but like the city, she said Kentucky. So, uh, <laughs> so basically, yeah. Uh, oh my God! Brian Pillman is sitting in his house, like fucking just whacked out, pissed off at what's going on with Steve Austin. And Steve, if Austin three sixteen is gonna be Pillman nine millimeter thing, that like coming out with a gun and shit. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, and, and, and nobody just, saw nobody saw nothing like that on wrestling up to that oh point. Oh my god! Right? No. And then I was Ever. concerned. I remember I remember the killer. Oh my god! Yeah, I good. thought it was all like, okay, it's lost control here. Right. It's lost no. control. This shit is about to go down. Yeah, 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 because they had Stone Cold outside trying to get in the dude's house, and he had his friends outside. He's beating these dudes in like kiddie pool. He whooped the shit out of him. That was the funniest part about that whole thing. How he was beating yeah. the hell out of it on the lawn. <laughs> on the lawn with the kiddie pool and the garage doors and shit. And he's still trying to break into people's house. And Brian oh, Pillman God. just sitting there with that gun. <laughs> crazy as shit. And then next thing you see the fucking door break open. <laughs> what the fuck? And Austin Stone Cold starts coming in. You see Brian Pillman with that gun. Pillman's like, ah! <laughs> and then they cut out. <laughs> and they cut out. And that was the end of the episode. Oh my God, bro! And then actually, they had like extra footage that they showed later, like the raw shit or whatever. And it was like Kevin Kelly was at the house too, and shit. And it's like, uh, and it was like, and I was like, what's going on? What's going on? They cut the feed, and then you see Brad Pillman being restrained or whatever. And Kevin Kelly was like, everything's fine, everything's fine. Like uh, nobody was hit by the explosions. Explosions, Kevin. Kevin Kelly. All uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Kevin Kelly was Kevin Kelly. Like Stone Cold came back. Oh my God, he's back. He's Stone Cold like, shoot yeah. me, motherfucker, shoot me. Get yeah, out of the way. Yeah, shoot me. He'll go back to headlocks yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Pim was like, let that son of a bitch go. Let yeah. him go. I was like, wow. Uh, that, that, was one, that was one of many times where the feed, or they would go right off the air when something crazy was about to happen. Because remember they did the same thing with speaking of Val Venus with the choppy choppy? Yeah. Soon as that sword yeah. came down, soon as that sword came down, they went they went fade to black. <laughs> choppy, choppy, his beep, beep. Oh my god! So oh racist. God. <laughs> so racist. Now, how so often do you so see? Crazy. How often do you see a raw go off with with a mid Carter about to get his neck chopped off? That's yeah, and then <laughs> a mid Carter yeah, period is Yamaguchi son. That's the guy, Yamaguchi son. Yeah. And they're like, and, hey, listen. And by her fuck, Mrs. Yamaguchi's son. So, and, and, and he fucked Ken, he, he, he fuck Ken Shamrock's sister, too. Yep. Yeah, Ryan Shamrock. Ryan Shamrock. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 uh, that was later. I would have done her too. Like before that, it was Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, Ryan Shamrock was fine. Yeah, but, like, Val Venus is hung up, strung up, or whatever. Trunks yeah. are down. All his shit is pixelated, or whatever. And you see this, this uh, Yamaguchi's son. <laughs> So, but it's really, but it's before that. Yeah. It's before that. It's the funniest shit. It's 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 the camera crew and everybody trying to bust in the room. <laughs> They're like, open the door, open the door. And as soon as the door opens, you just see his ass. <laughs> you, you remember? You remember who saved? Hey, do you remember who saved his life? Oh, uh, I don't. I, well, yeah, it was a to be continued. Who? who, who no, no. Who ended up John Bobbitt. 
Oh, that's right. Uh, Topical. Revealed, that was revealed like the next week, wasn't it? All raw. Yeah, John <laughs> Bobbitt saved the bumps. Right? John yeah, Bobbitt. The lights went out, and they said, you know, my good friend John Bobbitt here helped me. <laughs> that's good shit. But yo, yeah, that's Vince McMahon. That's good stuff right there. That's Vince Russo. That was very much Vince Russo. But you know, but you know, Vince Vince McMahon loved that shit, dude. Anytime, sometime, maybe not everything, but the more outrageous an idea Vince Russo would come up with, Vince was like, "Ah, you got something there, pal." Jim Ross has been on record saying, "If you got an idea that involves shit, piss, anything like that, oh, Vince Vince was like, yo, demon, (laughs) farting, all that shit. He loves that shit. Oh my god, so weird." And this is the man. This is the man we grew up with. This man has molded our childhood and our adulthood. Vincent yeah. Kennedy McMahon, as an announcer. That's all I know him as. Why, uh, yeah. why we hate the product now? Because of Vincent. We had so Kennedy much energy to this point. Now we hate the damn product. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, shit it, now, man. It ain't shit. It ain't yo, shit. That's human nature, man. Because trust yeah. people, people my age, they hate Walmart. They hate McDonald's. They hate DC Comics. But as kids, it was all about that. You gave him dollars every day for dinner, Ma. Come on. You know, we just get tired of that stuff. But I mean, sometimes, so- sometimes I would go to Walmart, get my DC comps, and then go to McDonald's. <laughs> See, you know what says. <laughs> says the man says the man that likes Duke the Dumpster Drosy. <laughs> yo, yo, the thing is about what I do, I, I feel like I'm the weirdest kid because I, I will still support WWE how, how dumb as it is because every week I watch, what, eight hours of its programming for my should, job, should- so... You should change your name from Flo to Flobo the Dumpster Boys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah. So I'm gonna jump if I did. I'm not sure. <laughs> Dude, you came to the defense of Duke the Dumpster. No, yo, as a kid, I had I had three. I had Duke the Dumpster Drums. Because remember, I had superstars in wrestling challenge because they gave me you mid carters. So I had me Duke the Razor Ramon, but not Scott Hall, and Tatanka. Yeah. Zonka had a winning streak for like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, but you never saw you never fucking saw the main people on Superstars or Wrestling Channel. No, nope. like you saw you saw Hogan like every six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. fucking like he never season. did that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe occasionally you might see the Warrior. Maybe occasionally you might see the Macho Man. You gonna see fucking Tatanka every week. Yeah. It's because H- Hogan was like a god, dude. I'll never forget yeah. my dad. I was probably about seven, eight years old. My dad mm-hmm. took me to a house show. Uh, I think it was at the L.A. Sports Arena. Um, and it was a house show, and Hogan showed up. And I remember even that young, dude, that that crowd popped. I'd never heard such a loud, well, until later, like later years. Like, I, I you know, I've been to a couple Raws and, and a couple pay-per-views when Stone Cold and The Rock. And the pops they would get was, it was thunderous. It was incredible. It was scary. Mm-hmm. But I remember as a child hearing Hulk Hogan come to the arena and that American music, and they would just tear the rafters off that place, dude. And this was at a house show. So yeah. Hulk Hogan was just like he was like a god, dude. It was just it was incredible. incredible. Yeah, like like I said, superstars every week you get to see another wonderful match. He races the shit. He yeah, races yeah, the yeah, shit. Yeah, but. Agreed. yeah, agreed. <laughs> but yeah. You see another wonderful match between Coco Beware and Duke the Dumpster Joseph. Duke the Dumpster Josie. <laughs> yeah, Duke Josie, you got Doink every week, Rick Martel, the Bastion Booger, all the hey, all the classics. Hey, hey, fuck you, I love Rick Martel. Yo, he's the a model. He, the model Rick Martel is my is the first heel I ever liked was Rick Martel. You know, you know, you know Rick Martel's music is Val Venus's music? Same music. No, is it? Same music. Listen to both. It's the same music. They just played they uh play up the saxophone. Yeah. In the in the Rick Martel version, it's artificial saxophone. In oh. the fucking Valvina's version, is real saxophone. It's but like the it's, the it's like the Glamour shit. Girls and Beth Phoenix having the same theme song. 
or uh, yep. the, uh, or the, the cat, uh, the cat Ernest the Cat Miller and fucking Rhoda Clay. Or, or um, the Patriot, the Patriot had Kurt Angle's music before Kurt Angle had it. That's the best example. The Patriot, yeah, that was the Patriot. Yeah, or like the same. Oh, that, what, that one same fucking song that they use for all the Arab villains? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you listen, if you really listen, and if you really listen, Diesel, Kevin Nash's music is pretty much the same as the Big Shows. It's the same. Well, it's the Big Show. It's the same. down. It's the same yeah, riff. Listen to it. Though. It's the same riff. It's the same blues. Yeah, you're right. Jimmy Hart. That was all Jimmy Hart right there. Actually, uh, somebody pointed this out. I think it's Bruce Pritchard. You can tell which songs in the, in the old days were uh, Jimmy Hart songs because they had lyrics. Sexy all boy. songs back in the day that had lyrics, like the Honky Tonk Man, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is the best example. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, just a sexy boy. That's Jimmy Hart. And the Honky Tonk Man, fucking, you know, I'm just a Honky Tonk Man. Just a Honky Tonk Man. And oh, another great one, the American Dream Dusty Rose song. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, just a, I'm just a cop. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a common man. That shit. All the ones with lyrics are Jimmy Hart shits. Everything else so is at, Jim Johnson. Look at all that talent that they had back then that never got a championship. Mm-hmm. All that t- you had the American Dream Dusty Rose on the roster, you don't give him shit. Or Jake the Snake. Jake, you know why, baby? Because he likes to eat the barbecue sauce, baby. And when he does it, he does it real, baby. Yo, hey, Jake the Snake had the hardest <laughs> music. That's the world, baby. That shit sounded like the fucking... Yeah. I don't think Jake ever wanted a championship, though. That's the No, he never did. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of had him flirt around with the million dollar championship a little bit. That's about it. To me, the That's greatest it. interest, to me, the greatest interest music, in, in my opinion, if I had to go number one, was Razor Ramones. That do 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 do. That beat was just. Mm. I was a kid. I was like, yo, this shit is hard. Like, yeah. that, oh my god, that was so hard. Oh my god, he had the dope. He had the dopest interest music. The yeah, dopest. Had dopest in, but cool, nobody really beats the warrior though. <clears throat> oh, that dude was running so fast. I was like, yo, slow down. Bone <laughs> up, chest is like this. <laughs> he made a point yeah. of saying that. He said he would blow up before yeah. he even started the match. He would already be blown up. He always yeah, blew he himself did. up. Yep. That's why the match was so fucking short. Like, I right, just finish up. <laughs> like Goldberg. We got to get yeah, into Goldberg yeah, yeah, too. We yeah, definitely got to get into Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, match over. That's why him and Andre the Giants matches for like 30 fucking seconds. Well, like, <laughs> the thing you got to do with wrestling, you got to remember, it's not exactly something when they spend a lot of time on cardio, right? They're not, they're not right. running five, ten miles. So that run down. It depends on the person. Ric Flair was very big on cardio. Yeah, yeah. huge on cardio. And, and his body showed it. You can't compare that to, to Andre or a warrior. Listen, Warriors Rick Flair, Rick Flair looked 50 when he was 20. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that's true. Like Rick Flair was born old. That like, dude was born like old. Hey, we get into <laughs> right. we get into this yeah. next week. Uh, yeah. yeah. One of the things we got to look at, dude. So much of their talent was already old. I mean, Hulk Hogan was in his forties. Uh, Randy Savage. Macho Man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, like a huge chunk of their talent 
part of what made them good, right? They already had that, that branding built in that they could bring with them, but that yeah. also translates because people forget you're essentially watching stuntmen act for the entirety of the show and it's a live performance. So, I mean, mm. that's one of the things that's going to end up weighing on them and weighing on their ability to do certain things. I mean, they're still hella world-class athletes, you know, probably with a little bit of juice or something else in the, in the <laughs> middle. It'll be. Ain't no problem in it. It's some juice in I'm convinced that the entire 80s locker room was roided up. They were juicing. Yeah, hell yeah. All of them. Absolutely. All of them. Oh, that's a, <laughs> my favorite my favorite story of that shit is uh Kurt Henning will fuck with the warlord. And he was, <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he was yeah, he would uh, tell people like, hey man, go to this go to the warlord and be like, hey man, are you are you feeling all right? You, you good? You, feeling, you look sick, man. And the, and the people would do that shit, and he'd be all self conscious. He'd be like, hey man, stick me up right now. Stick me up right now. <laughs> get the steroids ready and have Kurt Henning put the shit in him. And then Kurt Henning did it one time, and then like he pushed the puncher down, and shit like spurted out or whatever. He's like, hey bro, I think you're cool. Ow. Oh, <laughs> oh, it, imagine it like sprayed him in the face. Like, he couldn't contain no more. Like, just, he's just that jacked up, man. Like, it's fucking That's nasty. Up. That's nasty. Yeah. And, and, and the, the noticeable difference is when they stopped doing it. Hogan, particularly. Yeah. Hogan, went, Hogan looked like he was super Superman, like fucking one year. Next year, he looked like a fucking dried up chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked like up, he, like, he looked like a straight up rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Give him the strap. Yeah. Yeah. Give him he the strap. He lost all that. He, he lost <laughs> Put all the belt that on him. Yeah. yeah, he had the height. He had all the other shit, but he lost all that fucking mass. I felt that way about Chris Masters. When he, when he got off of several ways, he was like half the dude he was. It's like, you can't do the Master Lock Challenge doing one of these, you know? Like, Same thing with Luger and all those guys, man. Yeah, yeah Luger. Well, hey, they saying, that, they, saying about, they saying that about The Rock. Like, The Rock was always in good shape, but he is, like, ripped now, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, they saying The Rock is juicing. I don't think he is, but I don't. I, I can see why they no, say that's, that. That's all HGH. Yeah, because so? yeah. all those guys in Hollywood do it. I mean, you watch, like, give him another five, ten years, his head's going to get bigger. Ah, yeah. yeah. Look at, yeah. Uh, a good example of who using that shit, look at Stallone. Stallone. Yeah, Stallone was yeah. famous. And Stallone's an advocate, too. He's an advocate. Yeah. Schwarzenegger? Was, was Schwarzenegger? Was Schwarzenegger using that? Yep. I think, yeah. Arnold? Yeah, absolutely. But look, but look at, specifically, I mean, specifically, oh, sorry, specifically, look at Stallone's hands. Yeah. Okay. When, when he was young, it, when he was young, and he was doing the whatever shit. He they look regular. Look at his hands now; they're like fucking frying pans. Damn you! <laughs> you observing the shit, dude? Look at his hands. Look at his hands. Yeah, look at his fucking freaky ass fingers and shit. This looks yeah. weird. And even you can even hear it in his voice. His voice got deeper. You already couldn't understand the motherfucker. You really can't now. You can't hear the Adrian. Hey, Jim Carrey used to do the best impression of him on A Living Color. Relax, right? Too many syllables. Too many syllables, yeah. I think I died the tiger. You got the eye of the tiger and the IQ of a lima bean. We talked about Wait, wasn't it? Wasn't it? That was Keenan Ivy Wayne's that did that part, right? Yeah, he was there. He was Apollo Creed. He said, you know, I came back from the dead to train you. That's right. We talked. Uh, yeah, me, me and AJ also did a two-parter. I, first, I think I, was it our first two-parter? 
Our very first two-part show was on Living Color. Oh, damn. And since, damn. since we're going in that direction anyway, we can go ahead and put a pin in this one. Uh, but like I said, I really have fucking enjoyed the show. This is fucking fun, dude. Good time. I, 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 lo- I love the fucking, like, the, just the whole additional uh, little camaraderie here. We Like, like, like I know, I've known Larry and Tyler for years, but then Flobo, like, like, <laughs> like, we, like, we know each other for a while. I just yeah, never met you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same here, man. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, so, listen Flobo. Flobo yeah. is responsible for saying something I've never heard uh, anybody in life say. That uh, uh, like, Dumpster like Josie like is their uh, is their favorite wrestler. So he, yeah. Look, this man, he got mad on my wet dreams one time. He's burying everybody on the yeah, show. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So she, 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 I'm yeah, just saying. Hey, you want to call him out? Yeah, don't ever do that wet dream shit again. Listen, <laughs> at least at least it was mine was about Chris Stratus, not. Freaking do the double But still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no, never do that shit again. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you fundamentally. But just would it have been better if I said it was a dry dream, JD? Ah, <laughs> I don't know nothing about your dream. Yeah. <laughs> fuck your dream. Fuck your dream. Fuck your dream. Don't be like fifty cent, man. Fuck your dreams. <laughs> it's like that scene no, from Bad hey, Boys. He said, "We gonna yeah. take the word wet yeah. dream." And we yeah. gonna put it in a box, and we gonna dump that shit in the ocean along with Duke the Dumpster Josie. Okay. <laughs> and we gonna throw that in the ocean. <laughs> you gonna have to be motherfucking Jacques to get to this box. <laughs> no, no, the can or oh, the canister shit from a living color. Like, um, we should take that word and put it in a big uh, well, canister, right? And just, and just dump it in the sea. Right. Right. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Good times. Good times, y'all. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, let's go ahead and put a pin on this one, guys. Like I said, we would love for each and every one of you guys to come back next week and finish this shit up. We've sure. got a whole bunch of shit to talk about. Yeah. We still got to talk about, we got to talk about Goldberg still, man. And the yeah. invasion. Yeah. Yeah, the invasion. There's a bunch of shit that we still haven't touched yet. The Rock, we haven't touched The Rock, really. The Nation of Domination, DX, Austin versus McMahon, the celebrity the shit, the, the celebrity shit of WCW. We haven't touched any of yeah. that yet. Next time. All right, so we're going to go ahead and do the uh, intro round. So let's let's go do it, AJ. All right, so this has been Dropping That Culture with JD and AJ. I'm JD. I'm AJ. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Dropping That Culture. 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 Dropping that coach.